This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? Um, we're good. We're sitting in front of a painting in Maui. How bad can life be? It's Jake, everybody. Hello. Hi. It's me. Uh, it is Again. Monday, September 12th. It's me you're looking for. Exactly. <clears throat> Welcome to the Monty Show presented by the Advocates Injury Attorneys, UtahAdvocates.com, my friends. We are now less than a week away from being at the barbecue pit stop for number 12 BYU taking on number 25 Oregon we are going to do a watch party we are going to have a awesome set of smokers we are going <clears> to <throat> warm it up warm it up why Let's is go. it I never have this problem pre-show we are going to have smokers at barbecue pit stop we are going to have Papa Murphy's pizza we are going to have wings from Don's Meats it's going to be amazing it is this Saturday September 17th at the Barbecue Pit Stop in Lehigh. Check them out online. BBQPitStop.com. This also means, though, that you only have three more days, today, Tuesday, and Wednesday, to get to any of the five uh, Utah locations for Barbecue Pit Stop, um, including... Wow, that feels like it is so Whoa, loud. bro. Whoa. Uh, it's six in the morning in Maui, and we're like, um, hi, welcome to the show. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> Leighton, Lehigh, Logan, Salt Lake City, and St. George. Get into any of those stores. <coughs> Again, get into any of those stores. There's a box on the counter where you can fill out a slip, drop it in the box. We're going to pick up those boxes on Thursday. So make sure, make sure that you get to Barbecue Pit Stop this week. You can chat with them on their website, bbqpitstop.com. Check them out. It is ending this Thursday, your chance to win a trip for two to see BYU and Notre Dame. And I know the landscape of college football completely changed this week, but that BYU-Notre Dame game is still critically important for the Cougs. They're going to play that game at Allegiant Stadium in uh, Las Vegas on October 8th. We're sending two listeners for two nights at the Palms Resort Hotel and Casino Two tickets to the game, a $250 gas card to get you to Las Vegas to see BYU and Notre Dame in the Shamrock Series. And it's all presented by our good friend Devery Davis at Academy Mortgage, 801-543-9666 to get Devery Davis in Academy Mortgage, NMLS number 278-545. So speaking um, of our good friend Devery Davis and all of our sponsors... Your thoughts on BYU's win against Baylor? <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously, it was quite the adventure. I think that, you know, the the kicks at the end were not, to me, why you, you know, why this game was in question. I think that, obviously, it would have been nice to make those kicks and kind of seal the game and not have to go to, you know, double overtime and, and do what you had to do. But I thought, you know, the biggest takeaway from the game is just that this team is mentally tough. You know, it would have been easy to, you know, sort of, 
I, I'm not going to say that this team is ever going to pack it in, let's say, but sort of be defeated after you miss that second kick. And it, it would have been easy to be like, man, like there's just no way for us to win this game. You want yeah. me to play the video right now, don't you? No, I'm just saying that I'm just saying that I think that the team is the, the team is is showing its mental toughness. And I think that's really important because in prior years, we didn't necessarily see that. But what did you make? What did you make of the Jaron Hall on the sideline hugging Jake Oldroyd? What did you make of that yeah, moment? I mean, because it, I, I think a lot of people People felt yeah. like that was a really transformative moment. Yeah, I think it's a defining moment for Jaron Hall's career at BYU. I think that Jaron Hall is is showing his true colors as a leader, and I think that that's really important to do, especially when you have Heisman Trophy aspirations as a quarterback at BYU. I think that anytime you can show leadership, anytime that you can be, um, I, you know, season defining, if you will, because everyone's going to remember that right, moment sure. all year long. And, and, you know, honestly, I think it's no secret, obviously, that Jaron Hall is a black quarterback at BYU. I think that's a big deal. No, I not a black quarterback, the first black yeah, quarterback and, and, at BYU. Right. So I think that that's a that's a big deal. In this space and time, I think where we are with what, you know, the, the whole Duke situation, I do think that it is it's really important to note the success that he's having. And the, I think that moment on the sideline where, and if you didn't see it, let me play this video for you because I do think it's significant. Um, the way that that Jaron handled the, you know, the the infam the now infamous hug. I mean, that's Jake Oldroyd who had just missed two game-winning field goals. Mm -hmm. And you have Jaron Hall, and I'm going to play it again here in a second, but you have Jaron Hall. The game is now over, right? BYU stops Baylor. The fans are on the field. Everybody's celebrating with their teammates. And you have Jake Oldroyd sobbing in the arms of his quarterback. I mean that is to me that Powerful. is a that is a really transformative video. But the, I think the message that comes through in that video is that what Kalani Sataki said after the game. I, I think I think carries a lot of weight now. Uh, we believe in Jake and we love him. And we support him. And we wouldn't be the program that we are right now without him. So uh, it's just tough tough stuff for him. But you know it, it's, it's okay. He'll he'll get better and he'll learn from it too. Oh, I just brought him up in front of the team and told him how much we love him and how much we appreciate all that he's done for our program and, and we still believe him we got his back you know and i know he's no one's hurting more than him right now but i had to remind him we won the game you know and it's, you made some field goals and kicked some pats and, and allowed us to to win this game you kicked the ball so there's other things that you did that are positives and, and let's not let the two uh, missed field goals be the be the biggest issue in this and yeah and let's not forget that jake also made kicks um, I mean, you don't win this game without Jake Oldroyd. I, I, I think obviously that was a moment, but I also think when you look at the way that Jaron through the middle part of this game really struggled, mm -hmm. um, and this offense struggled at times and the, the run game is still trying to find itself to, to get to the end of this game and to be able to have Pini Katoa again for the second week in a row, because I thought he had some really important runs against South Florida mm -hmm. to have Pini Katoa again, carry the mail for you to beat Baylor 26-20, whether it's one overtime or five overtimes, I really don't care. I, I just think that this was a really big win, and I think some of the moments in this win really stood out. The hug on the sideline has to be one of those. The Kalani after the game talking about how he brought Jake Oldroyd up in front of the team. 
um, you know, to talk about how important he was and this idea that, you know, go oh, Kalani, he just talks about family and support and love. Like, I think it's a lot more than just talk. And I think that message that was sent loud and clear from Jaron embracing a sobbing Jake Oldroyd, um, you know, from the team really supporting him, from the players, all of them after the game talking about him. Like, I, I think this is Kalani Sataki's BYU football team now. And I, I don't know that last year I was ready to say that. I think some of the things we saw, some of the way they played football last year, I don't think that any of us were fully ready to say, hey, this is fully Hundo P, Kalani Sataki's BYU football team, right? Mm -hmm. Now I think we see, you know, family first, sticking together. You know, I, I look at what happened up in Logan this weekend and, and the, the Weber loss and, you know, Logan Bonner getting booed by the fans and, and, you know, Blake Anderson coming out after the game and absolutely annihilating Utah State fans. It's embarrassing <laughs> what Blake Anderson did. Then you look at Provo and you look at the way that Kalani has handled himself. You look at the way the players have handled themselves in a mirror image um, of, of what's going on with, with Kalani. And I, I just think you start to see um, that, Jake, I think this is his football team now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, Jaron Hall has 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 really grown up under Kalani Sataki. And I think that, that that really, to me, shows Kalani's ability. You know, there's a lot of great programs around the country. And we're going to talk a lot about, you know, Texas, Alabama, USC, like all these great programs around the country. But I think when you look at BYU, there is a lot of growth from a personal standpoint that you see. And that's what excites me. I think that you know, it was everyone thought it was outlandish that that Jaron Hall was in the Heisman Trophy conversation or that, you know, some of these other guys were getting, yeah. you know, a lot of credit preseason. And yeah. I just don't think it's outlandish anymore. I think that this is a good team. I don't I'm not sitting here saying that they're, you know, that they should be fifth in the country or something crazy like that. But I, I do think that right, right. the time has passed where we're just going to sit here and be like, well, yeah, it's BYU. You won a game, but we all know that you're going to, you know, let us down late in the year. Like, I think that this BYU team this year is as good as Zach Wilson's BYU team was. I think that they have uh, a, a ton of grit. I think that they're together as a team. And I think when you have that, when you have that mindset and when you have that factor at play, teams can go far. And we haven't even gotten to what the defense did and what Max Tooley did in this football game. So that's why I say, I think the team is going well right now. I think this game... Coming up against Oregon is a big test, man. This th these first two weeks really set you up, and now if you can go three zero against Oregon, you're you're just in a, a really prime time spot. Yeah, I think one of the more interesting parts of this game is that Gunnar Romney and Puka Nakua didn't play, and I think when you see the depth that we now don't have to speculate about anymore in the wide receiver room you now have legitimate depth in that wide receiver room. Mm -hmm. I think the other thing, and, and I know a lot of people disagree with me on this Saturday night, this defense is for real. Mm -hmm. Kalani Sataki's defense is for real, and I know that Tuiaki is one of the most controversial figures in BYU football. I don't think that needs to be the case anymore. I think, I think now you have to say that they've recruited depth They've developed that talent that they've recruited. And I think, you know, Tuiaki and, and Sataki have done a really nice job of building a defense. Guys like Max Tooley, guys like Ben Bywater, uh, making huge contributions consistently. I mean, flying to the football, playing fast, winning the point mm -hmm. of attack on both sides of the football. This defense is for real. And Jake, I actually think they can stand on this defense and win big games. Yeah, and I, and I think that, 
you know, the the leadership that Thule is displaying is is super valuable. You know, I, I look at the defense and, and, you know, like last week we wondered, can this defense play man across the board? Can you can you hold up, you know, time in and, and time out? You know, and I feel like they did that. I feel like, frankly, the defense won this game for BYU because yes. without the, the stops and without the, the, the holds, uh, I think that you're you're obviously losing this game. So, you know, you look at, you know, the stats will tell you that, that Max Tooley and Ben Bywater by far had the biggest games on defense. But I think Keenan Peely had a couple of nice plays. Malik Moore had himself a decent little night. Like, you had some contributions around the field in addition to those two guys that really allowed you to go out and put out a complete defensive performance. So, again, you know, I had BYU winning this game by three points. You know, they they ultimately, they end up winning it by six points in what was an absolute roller coaster, insane game. And I think, again, a lot of people are going to say, well, Baylor had chances to win this game, and BYU's not going to get the credit they deserve. I got news for you. At the end of the day, you won the football game, and I think we can't lose sight of that with BYU. Well, and I also think ripping Baylor today is is ridiculous. I think that the funny part about this conversation is Baylor was the ninth team in the country when you played them, and you can only mm-hmm. play who's put in front of you. And I think when you look at this win, this is a, a huge win. This is why we talked about the magnitude of the, the Baylor game from last year because obviously, and Harris Lachance told us this last Wednesday, mm-hmm. that game a year ago matters to them. And it hurt them. It bothered them. It resonated with them. It stayed with them. And as they prepared for this game this week, I don't think there's any doubt that they used what happened against Bay- Baylor last year excuse me, to motivate them, to prepare them to get them moving in the right direction in this game. And, you know, I I don't care if Baylor is, you know, I see one of the comments saying that Baylor's overrated. I I don't care. Baylor Baylor came to Provo and got beat. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, frankly, it shouldn't have gone to overtime. Baylor, you should have won this game in regulation, quite obviously. But I think that that BYU's a better team than Baylor is right now. And I think that's saying something. Mm-hmm. Um, I look at the way that BYU has built this program. And this game right here to me, coming off of the South Florida win, it would have been easy to be lackadaisical, and they were not. It would have been easy to lose the game based yeah. on how it went. Yeah, I think it, it, it would have been very easy to, after you know after you missed those two big field goals, it would have yeah. been easy to just, <sighs> fine, okay. But you don't. You come right back with that next possession, which I thought was huge. The overtime rules, giving the ball right back to BYU's offense yes. was hugely important. Peeney goes in. The defense stands up. Like this is exactly the kind of need that this be this win that BYU needed. Because now, let's not kid ourselves. When we're all watching the 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 BYU Oregon game this Saturday mm-hmm. at, at Barbecue Pit Stop in Lehigh. Man, that's it. That now becomes the game of the year. I mean, Oregon's back in the top twenty-five. Um, obviously, Oregon's a premier program. That is a very talented program. That is, to me, this is your the biggest test. And every game in front of you is. But when we look at the AP Top 25, and this is something I think we really need to yeah. get into, I just don't know what you say about... I don't know what you say about the way that the AP poll is working because it is incredibly frustrating to me that we continue to get soccer writers from Minnesota with AP football votes. Mm-hmm. And I, I just don't understand it. That I don't think BYU is one of the 10 best teams in the country. I, I don't. I know that's going to frustrate a lot of people, but I think when you look at where BYU is, they're right where they should be. They are right where they should be. The problem is 
that you you have guys who who left them off their ballot altogether last week, and now all of a sudden they've got them ranked in the in the top twelve. Yeah. How do you go from off the ballot? We beat Baylor top twelve. Mm-hmm. How how does that work? Yeah, I mean, I think it, I think it, it speaks directly to your point, which is, hey, these guys are soccer writers. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? These are not guys who cover college football every single day and understand the minutia and understand the flow of a season and all the things that you go through as a football team. Cause, cause that ultimately to me is what's missing out of the AP poll every single year. Every single year we talk about the AP poll and we just want to say, okay, did you win or did you lose? And who did you play? We don't want to talk about that, that, you know, that your kicker missed two, two field goals that really he should have made in his sleep. And he's been ultra reliable and he just yes. was human being in that game. And, had a bad night, like, and you still bounced back and found a way to win that football game. We don't want to talk about that. We just want to say Baylor was overrated, and, you know, that's why that's why BYU is not a top-10 team. Now, for the record, I don't think that BYU is a top-10 team. I think you can make a case that BYU is better than Kentucky. I think Florida is extremely average. However, that was a good win for Kentucky. But overall, I agree with you that BYU is right where they need to be. But this whole conversation around like the AP and how the voting works and who's voting and what they're looking at to yeah, me, it's is just a incredible. huge problem. Yeah, it's a problem, man. All right, let's get some of your comments in here. First one goes to Richard McDonald, who gives us four ninety nine to say, "You going to the game, blue and gold?" Question mark. I'll put some money on this. I'll meet you at the craps table in 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 the Cosmo. Cosmopolitan mm-hmm. is one of the finest Love resorts. Love it. On Earth, blue and gold dude says Marshall greater than BYU and and Notre Dame will steamroll BYU in Vegas. Listen, listen, blue and gold. I'm a Chicagoan. Mm-hmm. I'm a diehard Notre Dame fan. Mm-hmm. We are mm-hmm. unranked for the first time since 2017. <laughs> we we did anybody notice that that Notre Dame is no longer in the AP top 25? Mm-hmm. This team is poorly coached. And I, I don't know how much time, I, I don't know what you're going to have to do, but Notre Dame doesn't play easy schedules. And I look at, I look at where you're going to be by the time October 8th rolls around. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't. This Notre Dame program, if this is not rock bottom, I don't know what is. Simple lack of execution, lack of integrity on the offensive line. Yeah, I mean, I've never seen a Notre Dame defense be so, I mean, just no gap integrity. No, like, they're not filling the gap mm-hmm. against the run. Like, you're just, your linebacker's just not stepping up. Like, that's a basic fundamental of football. Yeah. That a linebacker fills the, like, the A gap is is the first thing you're taught as a linebacker in peewee football. Hey, when you see the gap, little Timmy, make sure you fill it. He's an assassin. No, that's not happening. Like the minute, did you? I mean, Marshall got anything it wanted in the middle of the field. Yeah, and I think it's Come really on. incredible. And I think that it's it's a classic. You know, maybe it wasn't just Brian Kelly. You know, I've I, obviously over the last couple of weeks, I've been a little tough on 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 Notre Dame and and saying that I didn't think that they could win some of these bigger games on their schedule, that they had a propensity to, to get beat by teams that they shouldn't get beat by or, yeah. you know, and I didn't look good after, you know, what week one, I guess, or week zero, if that's what you want to call it or whatever. But I, I think that th- these kind of losses you can't have at Notre Dame, at BYU, at, 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 at a lower uh, tier school, if you will. Like if you're not Alabama and Georgia, you can't sustain a, a, a loss. And 
I think that this mm. is it's just it's frustrating because teams like Notre Dame and BYU really have to do more than these other teams, but that's just how it works. And now uh, Tyler Buckner's out uh, probably for the season, uh, quarterback at, at Notre Dame. Um, indeed, it is an AC joint injury in the non-throwing left shoulder. He'll have surgery, uh, Marcus Freeman said this morning. I don't know how much time Marcus Freeman has at, at Notre Dame. I really don't. Um, this, is, this is the beginning of a disaster, and it is really unfortunate I was not in favor of hiring Marcus Freeman when they did. Um, he's an inexperienced, younger head coach, and that's not what you need at Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. And we'll see. I think you're you're seeing that, and I, I think, you know, listen, Marshall's not better than BYU, and I, I'm sure Blue and Gold are just stirring the pot, which right. Larry Pilgrim is also doing when he says top 10, no. Behind a minimum, BYU, behind a, a minimum, minimum, okay, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, mm -hmm. excuse me, Larry, it's the, the Ohio, Ohio State, State. Uh, Clemson, Texas, Oklahoma, Michigan, USC, Utah, uh, Oklahoma State, and Kentucky. This is Coach Saban. Now, we had a huge fight about this yesterday. Mm -hmm. Kentucky or BYU? BYU. You think BYU is yes, better, think better than Kentucky? better than Kentucky. But yeah. wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Kentucky just beat the best team in the country, Florida, um, who has a transformative, game-changing, breakout performance um, quarterback. How'd that 59% work out for well, you? Well, all I'm saying is uh, Anthony Richardson was terrible, um, um, as we all knew he would be. And I think Florida is way overrated. Yeah, and I think Utah fans are salty. That's and what I think it is. Honestly. By the way, I still think Utah is twice the team that Florida is. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. I don't know. I think, listen, I think uh, I think BYU can beat any team on any, any Saturday afternoon. Will they beat Alabama or, or Georgia? No, they will not. Will they beat Ohio State? Yes, they can beat Ohio mm -hmm. State. Can they beat Oklahoma? Yes. Clemson? Yes. Um, Michigan? Michigan is a massive football team. SC? Uh, no, I think USC has the best offense in the country. Mm -hmm. I think it would be I, – I, I watch pretty much the entire USC game, and I don't know that I've seen a better offense in the country this year. And granted, I haven't seen every offense, but I've seen every offense at note, and I have not seen an offense that has done what USC has done. Mm -hmm. And I think October 8th up on the hill is going to be spectacular. I cannot wait for Utah and USC. I will be at that game. I am excited about that game. I That is that USC offense. Listen, and, and, and again, I understand that, that there's a real good chance that USC is going to be mid-table defense in the Pac-12. That's just who Lincoln Riley is. Mm -hmm. Much like Witt. Witt will take his best offensive player and make him a defensive player. Lincoln <laughs> Riley will take his best defensive player and make him a, an offensive player. I think USC is going to be mid-table defense. They're arguably the best offense in the country right now. What Caleb Williams, how, it, how it's possible, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Caleb Williams is a better quarterback this year than he was last year. I'm for real. And it's going to be really tough to pry the Heisman Trophy out of his hands as long as he's playing football. Yeah, no, If he's I healthy, I mean, I don't see how Caleb Williams doesn't win the Heisman. Y'all feel me? I mean, he is. And I know we had a Stetson Bennett-Bryce Young argument on this on this show last mm -hmm. week. I'm willing to have a, a Bryce Young-Caleb Williams. Because I, 
I look, Stetson Bennett's a nice quarterback, the starting quarterback at Georgia. Nice quarterback. Don't get me wrong. Right. I'm telling you right now, Caleb Williams is the best quarterback I've seen in college football this year. Okay. What about the question of they haven't they haven't played the best of the best yet? You don't know what that looks like yet. Well, again, with all due can, respect, you to can Stanford. only you can only play in who who's put in front of you. Yeah, and I agree with that. That's I it. agree with that. I, I don't I, see, and I I hate qualifying people on that. Right, like the only way that your opponent matters is I'll use Utah as a great example of this. If they'd have played SUU week one, they would have beaten. I don't have any doubt Florida in week two, mm -hmm. but you didn't. You can only play who's put in front of you, right? And they were just very clearly Utah was not ready to go against Florida. But like they're gonna they're gonna handle Fresno State. They're gonna handle Oregon State. They're gonna handle so. Arizona Look, don't, State. Don't overlook Oregon State. Oregon State's a better football team. Yeah, they are whatever, a better dude. football. They yeah. are. Yeah, but if USC is USC, they should handle them. I would agree wholeheartedly. Like you should be. Like your next couple of games are Fresno State, Oregon State, Arizona State, Washington State, and then you get Utah on October fifteenth. So like honestly, SC should be undefeated going to Utah and there should be they a ton to play for. Yeah. Greg Hawkins gives us a ten dollar tip and says, I wish BYU and Utah were playing this year. Amen to that. Uh let's get both schools to run the table and meet up in the playoff. Yeah. I, I mean that would be unbelievable. Yeah. That would Hell be yeah. Hawk, that'd be unbelievable. By the way, Greg, are you going to the USC uh Utah game. Come on, man. We got you and you, me, bunch of dudes hanging out with Big Bus. First of all, what go about inside the event on Saturday. Yeah, Greg Show Hawkins. Up. Are you? Yeah, who's coming to the event yeah, in, in Lehigh on, on I Saturday? I am super stoked about this. It is BYU Oregon watch party um, at Barbecue Pit Stop in Lehigh. We're going to have Papa Murphy's Pizza. Uh, we are going to have wings from Don's Butcher Shop, which I am <laughs> super stoked about. Uh, we're going to smoke them all on the Traegers there. Um, it's going to be awesome. Barbecue pit stop in Lehigh. We're going to do our football Saturday pregame show at noon. Mm -hmm. And then we'll do that noon to one. And then we'll start smoking and we'll get you ready for uh, BYU and Oregon. At halftime of the BYU-Oregon game, we will draw the winner to see who's going to Vegas to see BYU take on Notre Dame in the Shamrock Series. That's going to be amazing. That is this Saturday this Saturday at Barbecue Pit Stop in Lehigh. So uh, let's get everybody let's get everybody going there. Um, let's see. Blue and Gold Dude for $5 says, after the Notre Dame win, Marshall is anticipating a Big Ten invite. <laughs> they, already have the, they already have the cranes and the concrete out to add an upper deck to the stadium. <laughs> Listen, oh I've earned God, this today. Dude. I have earned this oh today. I, I am ready for the ass kicking that I'm going to take on Notre Dame. I'm ready, man. I earned it. I fully embrace the fact that Notre Dame is not good and that Marcus Freeman is not a great coach at this point in his career. Tommy Reese but probably. Honestly, did, did you think, what did you think of him before they started playing games? I mean, did you think that it was a risk? Obviously, you just said you didn't like the hire, but. I thought that their defense would keep them in games. Mm -hmm. I think they are largely unproven offensively, and Tommy Reese is has been questioned heavily as the offensive coordinator. I want better fucking execution. I don't know. I, I thought defensively they could hang. I just defensively just, they were not good. Offensively yeah. they were not good. Yeah. I mean, they're yeah. out of the AP they just poll. They were good overall. Like I, on in all three phases, you were good. Like, I, what do you say? I don't know what you say. I don't know. Uh, Blue and gold dude gives us two more dollars. These never end up well when some guy no, when, tees up when, when cash on every paid, comment. When you're paying to hate, 
on the show, it never ends well for you. And it's always like this guy who's mm-hmm. like, BYU will be lucky to make a bowl. You paid $2 right. to, to tell right. us how little you know. Right. Just to stir the pot. Uh, let's see. Um, Sean Perry says, I would go to barbecue pit stop with you guys, but I live in Eugene. So get on a plane. What, you yeah. You, 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 and Gabe's are, getting are on a plane. Me? Let's go. Phoenix listeners let's are, go. you know. Uh, Richard McDonald gives us five more dollars and says, don't be so sure the Utes handle Oregon State. I watched the Boise game. They have a legit team this year. I'll be at the watch party. Let's go. That's right, Let's Richard. Go. They, I'm telling you, Oregon State can play football. Mm-hmm. And I know that, again, well, it's a state school. It's all those state schools. <laughs> hey, man, Oregon State is is they're building something. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that Corvallis is not everybody's paradise, but that's I'm, pretty much self-explanatory. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, Renee Roca says, "I will be in Fort Worth, or else I'd be there definitely." Appreciate that. Uh, Greg Hawkins says, "Oregon State has a legit run game, and our linebackers are suspect, <laughs> so an L could happen." Richard McDonald. Wow, man, I just don't preparing know, yourself, just preparing yourself. Uh, M M Moore says, "B and G need a couple of more peps pepses." I don't know what that means. Uh, Blue yeah, and gold. I'm not, I'm not sure what that means. Blue and gold. Uh, let's see. M. Morris says Utah better than USC again. Well, I don't know, but that's why you need to be excited about that football game because there's going to be a ton to play for. By the way, by the way, here on the Monty Show, mm-hmm. talking football here in the great state of Utah, live the in Monty Maui, Show. Hawaii. Hawaii? Hawaii. Hawaii. Maui, Hawaii. Uh, by the way, um, Tanner Plummer sent me a DM saying, hey, 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 guys. Um, are you going to do the show at 10 a.m. every day? M-O-N-T-Y, the Monty show? No, we're not. We're in Hawaii, man. Tricky tea. It is currently 625 in the morning in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. We so on that? when we get back to Utah, when we get back to Utah, we'll start the show at 6 a.m. again. Mm-hmm. Utah time. See how that works? There's there's time change and time zones and, and stuff. stuff. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Huey Reed, good morning to you. Huey says it's Utah's scheduled two week to have a chance at the playoff with one loss. That's a really good. That's mm. a really good question. I think they need to throttle San Diego State this weekend. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really good point. You know, it, it it is it is all about the playoff. A lot of getting into the playoff is okay. Are you Alabama or Georgia? Okay, you're in. Um, and then it's perception versus reality. I mean, you you have to believe that right now today, if you if you look at the AP. You're probably getting Alabama or um, Georgia and Ohio State are probably in, right? I mean, I would I would think so. I mean, today. I would think the problem is, and and this goes back to the state of the Pac-12, if you will. Like the Pac-12 is just weak right now. Like I, you look at just on just from a face value perspective. I'm Very sure weak. Some of these games will be good games, but when I look at like. You know, yeah, you need to throttle San Diego State. Arizona State, you should dominate them. Oregon State, you think that's going to be a fight? All right, let's just let's even just for conversation's sake. Where is say that game? That's in that's uh that's in Salt Lake. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. on October 1st. But let's just say for the sake of conversation that's a really difficult game, but you win that game. Then you go uh to Southern California to play UCLA, come back for SC, then you're on the road for Washington State. Like you start to see like a lot of these mm-hmm. names, they're just not that good. They don't bring a lot of value. So for Utah, like the only path is winning the Pac twelve and then hopefully by doing that, you're you know, you're you're in a good spot and you can get back to where you were last year. But I, I don't know, man. I just I, I need Utah, just like BYU, has to have a great year this year, and that's why the Florida loss was totally just unacceptable. Like, that's why that was such a problem. But 
Hopefully, you can run the table. If you run the table, I think you're fine. Like that's the expectation. But, I think. And the other, but the other problem is, I look at Alabama. Alabama battles to beat Texas. And mm -hmm. again, I this is why I maintain your quarterback makes or breaks you, right? Correct. I look at Utah. Um, I look at BYU. Alabama. Texas, viewers mm -hmm. goes out, and what happens? They lose. Mm -hmm. Card gets hurt. What happened? They lose. Uh, Bryce Young executes at the key this moment. Does BYU win if Jaron Hall doesn't make a couple of dime pieces to Roberts? And if he doesn't have that, it, like, look at the look at the throwback to that Jaron caught and ran mm -hmm. in. Um, you know, like, your quarterback has to win you games. And I, I look at whether it's in the NFL with Dak Prescott or, you know, I mean, we can go, we can go any number of ways with this. Caleb Williams is the reason that that USC is USC right now, right? Mm -hmm. So I go down the list. I look at I look at Alabama beating Texas twenty to nineteen. That was a huge one point they scored, right? Because now they go UL Monroe. They're they're going to pound them. They'll be number two in the country still. Vanderbilt they should beat, and then they play Arkansas on October first. Going into that Arkansas game with Monroe and Vanderbilt, you would think that Alabama is going to be healthy. They're going to win that game. Right, yeah. so they have these built-in advantages, all because they beat Texas. Now, I Georgia's schedule is no easier. I mean, if anybody looks at, if anybody looks at Georgia, and this is the argument, and I understand that people hate it, but this is the argument about teams like Georgia and and, and Alabama. They play these SEC schedules, mm -hmm. and it makes it very difficult to to bump them out of the top spots when they're winning. Come on, man. So I I, I just don't know. How on earth, you, if you are Utah and you've lost, and it's a frustrating loss to a really mediocre Florida team, Yeah, I think there's some validity in the question of can they, with that loss, can they overcome? And I, the answer is I don't know. To your point with a weak Pac-12, I don't know yeah. that they can overcome. Yeah, totally agree. I really don't. Uh, Joshua Clayson, good morning to you. He gives us $10. Thank you, Josh. Appreciate that. My voice is still recovering from the BYU game. Huge BYU fan, but I agree Utah was better than Florida, but beat themselves. Witt will have Utah ready for SC. Not sure who wins, but it will be a game. I mean, yeah, that's... I, mean I completely agree with that. I, I, like, I, And that's what, that's what was so frustrating when – you know, we're getting we're getting commentary and opinions about, you know, Anthony Richardson and his skill set and who he is as a quarterback. And you're looking at this Utah game and you're like, man, like I look at the Utah game and I say, yeah, sure. Cam threw that pick late. But how many missed tackles? How much lack of execution did Utah have? And I well. think, you know, frankly, the problem is, is now you just pounded Southern Utah or whatever. And it just doesn't mean anything. It, Utah might as well have been on a bye week with all due respect. Like you, you. You just didn't play anybody. You got to play more games now, and that's the tough part. If you're a Utah fan, it's not good enough just to win. Yeah. Now for Utah, you got to play good talent and win. That's the problem. The Monty Show live in Maui, Hawaii, uh, until Wednesday. And as usual, we're presented by the Advocates, Utah Injury Attorneys. The Advocates are your advocate when you get in an accident, when you're hurt. Call the Advocates. Go to their website. You know the nice thing about the Advocates? They can be as invasive in your consultation as you want them to be, right? First of all, it's not going to cost you any money. The consultations at the Advocates are free. 
it costs you nothing out of pocket to go and fight for your rights because that's what the advocates do for you. When you've been in a car accident, when you've been in any kind of accident and you're injured, the advocates know it's a really difficult time for you. So they're gonna do things like defer your medical bills. They're gonna give you a free consultation. They're gonna chat with you on their website. So if you're not somebody that likes getting on the phone right away, go to utahadvocates.com. There's a chat uh, feature on their website where you can talk to the advocates about your situation and then make a decision if you wanna move forward. It's not invasive, it is, in my opinion, it is the easiest injury attorney to deal with ever. Mm -hmm. They wanna help you, they wanna fight for you so that you can get back to the best version of yourself. That's why you trust the advocates. I've known Matt Driggs for over a decade. Um, I've partnered with the advocates for a very long time. And you know on this show that we do not just throw up any advertiser. We're not talking about you know male fertility or <laughs> we, we partner with people like the Advocates because they're local business owners. The Advocates are right here in Salt Lake City. Trust me when I say they are here to fight for you at utahadvocates.com. The biggest stories in sports this morning, it's Victory Monday on the Monty Show mm -hmm. because we get a resounding bounce-back victory. Thank you, SUU. We appreciate the football contest. Uh, Utah <laughs> pounds SUU and looks good doing it. And now one of the most important games of the year is upon us. It is Utah and San Diego State. Um, and the, the crazy part about this game, the crazy part about this game, and I I, I had to double and triple check it. Mm -hmm. How about Utah, a 21-point favorite at Bro, home. What are you talking about? Saturday man? night at 8 what? on ESPN to a 21-point favorite. Wow. Utah, yeah, at home. Yeah, I mean, I think that 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 Rice Eccles is one of the best home field advantages in college football, and I think that when you look at um, man, when you look at Utah, I just think there's a, a a good amount of respect, a healthy amount of respect from the boys in Vegas about what Utah can do, and I think that the problem is is Florida losing to Kentucky just puts into like the clearest perspective that Utah should have beat Florida, and I yes. know that that that. You know, we don't do that a lot in sports, like where everyone agrees that, hey, yeah, Utah should have won that game. But this is one of those rare moments. And I really just feel like, you know, Cam Rising and that offense are going to have a point to prove because you're right. Like, Vele didn't have a great game, right? Yeah. Like, we got comments about the linebacking court. Diabate did not have a great game. How many missed tackles, bro? Like, that deep, both sides of the football Van need Filiger. work. Yeah, Van Filiger. Like, both sides of the football need work. And I think that that San Diego State is that perfect opponent for Utah where you they're good enough where they garner respect, but they're also a team that you would expect to beat. And that gives you the opportunity to go out and dominate a team and get back on track. Does Utah cover the 21? No. That is a huge no. number. Even in and, Rice Eccles, that's dude, a huge number. And this whole thing about about what, what did Alabama was was 20 points favored against Utah Excuse State. me, it's Alabama. Roll Tide, right? And I, and I didn't think they'd cover that. I, I, I just feel like 20 is a huge number. I struggle to think that Utah is going to cover 20. But, hey, I mean, if they cover my, 20, like, that's great. But how about my guy? Who might that be? Bryce Young. Mm -hmm. We had that huge argument if you missed the show last week. Well, Stetson Bennett. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, what a sex machine that guy is. Bryce Young was awesome. Down the stretch, yeah. yeah. When they needed a yeah. play. Mm -hmm. And this is what I say about Jaron Hall. Mm -hmm. Why am I all in on Jaron Hall? Mm -hmm. Because now we're starting to see Jaron Hall um, take over games. Mm -hmm. And we're starting to see Jaron Hall's ability 
to make his wide receivers better. Mm-hmm. And not that that you know, not that you couldn't win without Puka Nakua, mm-hmm. without our guy Gunnar Romney. Yeah, but I mean, it's not it's not disrespectful to say that people were nervous because those two guys were hurt. I I frankly. You know, I was nervous. I, I thought that there was a very realistic chance that you lost this game without those two guys. And I think when you look at, you know, any any of the contributions, right, from, from the young guys, I, I you know, you look at Hill with the catch up the sideline. You look at some of Chase these other Roberts. guys. Chase, Chase Roberts. Roberts. Like Chase Roberts. He had a big game. Yeah, he had a big game. But, he's it, not but the it wasn't the touchdown. Right. It wasn't the touchdown. It was the throw and the catch to put you in a great position. And I look at, again, the guy that I, I shouted out before the game was Cody Epps. I thought Cody Epps had two really important catches in that game. I thought the fact that, again, you weren't able to generate a lot of offense on the ground through BYU, but you still had Peeney Katoa making big physical runs. Now, he averaged, what, three yards a carry, but you have Peeney Katoa making big physical runs, and you have Christopher Brooks, you know, just banging away for every ounce that you could get. And you know the best part? The best play to me that symbolized how different this BYU offense is is the throwback to to Jaron Hall. He had three offensive linemen out there running ahead of him, mm-hmm. right? Like so, you have effort, you have energy, you have guys that are in shape and capable of doing that. This is not Grandpa's BYU team, mm-hmm. right? This is not, you know, like I'm telling you, this team is built to win. And the thing that excites me so much is that now you're going to go to Eugene. This is one of the best home field advantages in all of college football. And I think the Ducks know we're back in the top 25. We have something to prove. And now BYU's not, you know, not just some overlooked, oh, it's BYU, it's the damn Mormons, you know, like, no. It's it's Kalani Sataki's BYU football team. Mm -hmm. And I think the Oregon Ducks are going to be waiting for them. And I think this is going to be the game of the year to date. I am stoked that we're all going to be together at Barbecue Pit Stop in Lehigh on Saturday at noon to watch this game. I cannot wait for that. Yes, absolutely. I think it's – look, I think that the that Jaron Hall's leadership obviously was on full display in this game. I think that Jaron Hall is – he's building his resume, and I think that it's it's really fun to watch. You know, this going into this year, like the decision-making is was one of my biggest things to watch for with Jaron Hall, and, and while he did – uh, run a couple of times in this game, I felt like they were justified. You know, they were positions where your quarterback has to go and make a play. And yeah. so I was fine with those, you know. And, you know, that that throwback where he's got to jump into the end zone, takes the hit, I was fine with that because yes. I think it's a good situation. You had momentum. By the way, anyone see Harris LaChance on that play? Absolutely steamrolling people in the background. <laughs> like, uh, that was great to see. On the throwback. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I, like, just blowing dudes up in the background. And, you know, so uh. that's why I say, like, I, I think Jaron's in a good place right now. That said, there's still a lot of football to be played. And I, and I just... I think the number one priority for Jaron Hall and really for the football team is just stay healthy. If these guys can just stay healthy, you're going to beat some teams that that people think you shouldn't beat, and you're going to yeah. make a lot of noise. Yeah, and I'm really excited for it. I think you know one of the things we we can't take for granted is uh, as Greg Hawkins says, I'll be at the barbecue pit stop, stop event, also the Oregon State game. May go to the USC tailgate. Wanted to get tickets, but they're expensive, Monty. Yes, they are. Uh, but you know, Greg, when you have good friends, like, you know, the Monty show, you know, maybe we can help you out with that, bud. Um, (laughs) I think, I think the interesting, yeah, Donnie, please. (laughs) I think the interesting thing about both BYU and Utah, I think obviously BYU is in a significant 
transition. Mm-hmm. You're going into the Big 12. Like this is a this is this is big football. You know, I think Utah is waiting for their big games, and I think it's unfortunate now that you have this little window while you wait for conference play to get going. I mean, this San Diego State game, I cannot say it enough. This San Diego State game is critically important for Utah. They must perform mm-hmm. in this football. That's game. not good enough just to win the game. It, you have it to truly dominate is San not. Diego State. That's exactly right, Jake. Yeah. It's not good enough just to show up. This is not a 28-17 win. And one of the things we've talked about a lot with Kalani on this show, by the way, is is Kalani willing to put up 70 points on, on USF? Because what we saw Witt do to Southern Utah is exactly what I wish Kalani Sataki would do to some of the lesser opponents there. Catch me outside. How about that? I mean, I, I want to, what's the term? Curb stomp? What do you young kids say? Curb stomping people these days? Yeah. This is fucking America. Yeah, I would love to see Kalani Sataki come out and curb stomp somebody. You know, I mean, this that's that win for, for Utah should not be overlooked. I'm going to get medieval on that your You ass. put up 50, 60, yeah. 70 points, yes. and I don't care if it was the, the Girl Scouts powder puff team yeah i don't care right give me pancake blocks and 70 points yes because you feel good about yourself yes you feel like lifting weights on monday morning yes you know like that to me that's the big deal so i just hope that everybody realizes that we are in almost like the the golden light of football right now in this state mm-hmm. utah's very good byu's very good they're every game this weekend is a great example these are two big games of consequence. Yes. You lose these games. You lose. If, if Utah loses to San Diego State, it's there, over. there's no magic left. Yeah, it's over. I don't care who you have left on the schedule. I don't care who you beat. There's no magic left if you lose to San Diego State because you're not going to the playoff, right? It's cool that you're gonna, you could still win the Pac-12, and it's cool that you, can, you know, that you can still go to a big bowl game. But we're not here to go to bowl games. We're here to win championships, right? Mm-hmm. And that goes away if you lose to San Diego State. I look at BYU. You go to Eugene and you lose to Oregon. How, how good does the Baylor win feel? Mm-hmm. Not as good, right? How, how good does 2-0 feel versus 3-0? 3-0 feels a hell of a lot better than 2-0. Yes. Right? I mean, so you're building towards this, this, this magic, if you will. And every game matters. That's why I say, like, we, we sat around yesterday, Mrs. Monty and I, while well, you guys were off doing whatever you were doing, um, not looking at turtles apparently here in Maui. Mm. Um, we were down at the pool. Yesterday was a pool day for us, right? Just we so went, you can go to Pound Town. Yeah, and we did. We did. Um, but we went shopping yesterday. Mrs. Monty made us a lovely breakfast. We, we hopped in the car. We have a Jeep rented. We drove out to Wailea. We went razzle, shopping. Razzle. Yeah, came back to Whaler's Village, went shopping, uh, you know, came back and re- repopulated the earth. No, he's straight pile driving them. Then we go down to the pool. <laughs> <laughs> then we go down to the pool, and you know what we did? We have these little floaties that we buy. We floated in the pool. Is that a euphemism? Or no, that? Oh, okay. not at all. Okay. We floated in the pool. Right. And we watched football. That's we were right, yeah watch football with a bunch of people we were talking football hanging out talking to, there were some chicago people there and it was a great time we all just hung out in the pool and you meet people you've never met before mm-hmm. that's why things like this barbecue pit stop event and yeah we're excited about it because we get to talk to our listeners and hang out with you guys and yes but it's just it's community How, it's a the, good time the, the pandemic took this from us mm-hmm. you know what i mean so I hope everybody shows up and eats pizza from Papa Murphy's. I hope everybody shows up and eats wings from Don's Meats. 
I hope everybody shows up and watches football. Whether you're a BYU fan or a Utah fan, let's just get together. And one of the things we've, we really enjoyed about being in, here in Maui again is that everybody's here. Like yeah. it, the community's back it's and back. we're all hanging out. And, we, you know, you're sharing you're sharing really fun conversations. Like we're sipping a, 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 a tasty beverage, floating in the pool, watching Dak Prescott look terrible before he hurt his thumb and everybody's ripping the Cowboys. And you know, there's a bunch of bears fans there and there's a couple of 49er fans. My wife's a 49er fan. I happen to be a Chicago bears fan mm -hmm. victory Monday because the Chicago bears win. Let's go. <laughs> um, you know, like it's, that's what it was, right? That's what's great about football. Yeah. BYU's 2-0. BYU's headed to Eugene. Huge game. Huge, huge game. And we're going to get to hang out and watch a game together. I, yeah. I'm as stoked about Hell it yeah. as, as I could possibly be. Greg Hawkins also says, come on, guys. We won by 70-plus with our depth players. Not good form, really. We played a high school. We were going to put up points no matter. <laughs> and this is, but see, this is a real thing. Right. And I want to talk about this. This is a real thing. I don't care who the opponent is. It matters, though. Score 70 points if you can score 70 points. It's really despicable. If it should Wilt Chamberlain feel bad he put up a hundo? No, he shouldn't. And I don't care if they went home crying. My job is to kick your ass in football. And then I'm going to shake your hand and tell you, hey, great game. Appreciate you guys being here. Let's go. Oh, respect. Yeah, if there's anything we can do for you, now hit the road. We got other games <laughs> to prepare for, right? Like Kalani won't do that. Or at least he's not shown the willingness to do that. Mm -hmm. I would love to see you put up 70 points on, on South Florida two weeks ago. Come I'd on, love to see that. Rock. Yeah, hey, don't take your foot off the gas. You know, I, I'm, I'm with Hawkins on this, man. Let's not, let's, not just, let's not just coast. Yeah. No chance. Uh, let's see. Robert says, does Nakua and Romney play this Saturday? I don't know. Gunner, I don't Gunner know. allegedly is close to coming back. Allegedly. I don't know what this, and I'm not the guy that speculates on on injuries. Yeah. I think it's very dangerous yeah. to do. But man, when you've been out this long and you're the competitor that Gunnar Romney is, it's something serious. So let's hope so. M. Morris says, "Yeah, 70 points wasn't good form. Yes, it was good form. Absolutely." Gabe Rasmussen says, "Puka should." Yeah, let's hope. Let's hope. Um, yeah, blue and gold. Come on, dude. Now I gotta. Now I gotta mute you. Like, come on, dude. Like. If this is what I don't understand. Like you're paying me money, and my guess is it's the same guy. But you're paying us money to mm -hmm. make idiotic comments that then get you hidden from the channel. Yeah, like get out of here, man. Like uh, we appreciate your tips. Everybody that comments and tips us money, it goes right back. Frankly, right now it's going into a bunch of infrastructure costs we have. So we appreciate that. But we don't we don't want your money to the point where we're going to read comments that are inflammatory. That's not what we're yeah. all here for. We really are not. Um, let's see. Where do we go from here? Uh, how about M. Moore saying, SUU is no Utah State. Well, what do you guys make about what's going on at Utah State? So somehow, someway, Weber went up to Logan and boat raced Utah State. How? I really Bro, don't know. How? I, I don't know. And Coach Anderson at Utah State is a guy that I actually respect and like. So Logan Bonner throws an interception that goes for a pick six. Mm -hmm. And I think we all realize that that is where that game went to die. Right? I mean, there, there's no doubt about that. That's where that game went to die. So Logan and the offense come back out on the field. And the fans are booing them. 
And so, of course, you get a situation where you have you have the coach saying that, hey, the fans, you know, booed us. And I hesitate to even read this statement from Coach Anderson. Like, this is a gnarly, nasty statement. Mm-hmm. He says, I don't know if people are going to want to hear this. This is Coach Anderson at Utah State. The same quarterback that won a Mountain West Conference championship last year and the first one ever at this university. That's coming off of a knee injury in less than nine months. And he's not the only person making mistakes. So it's real easy to sit in the stands and boo. I want nothing better for Cooper Legas to have a great career when his name comes. When his time comes, excuse me. But he had an opportunity to win that job in the offseason, and he did not. But right now, Logan Bonner is the starting quarterback, and he deserves that opportunity, and he also deserves respect. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to say it any nicer. A lot of our fans showed true colors today, and it was embarrassing. They can't be mad at me. They can be mad at me. Hey, We didn't get it done. We didn't win. But there's plenty of blame on that sideline to go around, not just one guy. Okay, I I don't know how to break this to you, Coach. Nobody cares what happened last year. Nobody cares. Is anybody talking about, hey, Utah won, you know, the conference championship, went to the Rose Bowl when they're losing to Florida? No, nobody is. Nope. No, the problem is, and this is what you don't understand. You haven't scored. I don't believe they've scored an offensive touchdown in two weeks. You got destroyed, dismantled by Alabama. And shockingly, you got dismantled by Weber State. And you didn't score an offensive touchdown. Every Utah State fan, all six of them, have the right to boo. They pay you good money to boo. Hold on. Did you say all six of them? Yeah, all six Utah State fans. Okay, great. I was just checking. Anyway, point is, they have the right to boo. Right. And this is the problem at Utah State. Mm -hmm. And it's been the problem since probably 2015. When you had a change in leadership in the athletic department, this is the problem. You don't believe that you're BYU in Utah. No, I guess not. And I have said this about the Utah Jazz. You want to be BYU in Utah? Act like BYU in Utah. You want to be the best program in the state? Don't lose to Weber State. It's Come on, man. It's, it's inexcusable. Yeah. To with 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 all due respect, mm-hmm. it's inexcusable to lose to Weber State. And then when your fans boo you because you didn't lose to Weber State, Coach, the embarrassing part about this whole situation is not the fans booing you, Coach. You lost to Weber State, my friend. That's not how I want to handle it. You lost to Weber State. Yeah. And it wasn't close. And Logan Bonner deserved to be benched in that game. And you don't have the balls to do it. So your fans booed you. And you know why they booed you? Because you're mediocre. And you know why you're mediocre? Because you don't have the balls to bench your quarterback. Mm -hmm. Because he's coming off a knee surgery. I don't care if he's coming off of, of like, brain surgery. He's not good enough right now. He's not good enough. It, 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 It is what it is. Right. You're not in this game. You don't play football to be a nice guy. You play football to win games. Right. Or maybe at Utah State just to exist. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But my problem has always been with Utah State. And I used to have Coach Wells on our show at KFAN every week, and he was a jerk about it. And, hey, you know what, Matt? Congratulations on not doing anything since. You're Utah State because you have an inferiority complex. 
And until you stop having an inferiority conflict complex, this is who you're going to be. And with all due respect, nobody loses to Alabama 55 to nothing. Nobody of respect. You fall off of the bed and you score 21 points in college football. This hey, by the way, saving. you haven't scored 21 points in two weeks combined. Come on. Stop Stop getting on the fans and start getting on yourself. I'm going to say That's the again. problem. Like, I, I just, I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I think that's spot on, honestly. I, I just don't know how you justify ripping the fans. Yeah. You know, like, I, I, I just don't know. I, it, it's amazing to me. All right, let's get some of your comments in here. Richard McDonald says six fans and 15 cows. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's go. You're not Stop wrong. disrespecting me, bro. There are, Utah State fans, I have a lot of respect for, for Utah State. You know, I, I, I do. It's, it's a tough hill to climb in this state. Uh, Dallin Levitt be damned. Um, and if you know, you know on Dallin Levitt. Anyway, let's see. All right. Uh, I, <laughs> John Dry says, I had West Coast barbecue. It tastes like dirt and, with flies on it. Yeah, not good, all barbecue good. is equal. Okay, okay. Uh, Renee Roca says, Coach Wells is a dope. Should have never left. Should have never left. Uh, John Dry says, yes, sir. Coach Wells sucks. Okay. Glad Jake we all agree ne- on something. Jake Nielsen. Are, wow, Jake, are you the Jake Nielsen? The. What's up, dude? Jake this is Nielsen. why we love Monty. Thank you for helping USU realize the, their inferiority complex. They won't listen. It's the truth, though, unfortunately. Gabriel Rasmussen says, I was excited for BYU-USU game this year. Now, not so much. Well, we'll see. That's the See, and if you're a BYU fan, you know what I'm going to say. Hmm. That's the game that you, BYU will lose. <laughs> right, like, of course. That's the. Tell me I'm wrong. And whose ankles getting broken in that game? Because Taysom ain't playing anymore. So somebody else has to. Board. Somebody has to step up on the broken ankle. And, uh, Jaron, please. Maybe you play Jacob Conover that game. Right. Maybe you play Jacob Conover that game. Uh, let's go. Uh, Sean Holiday says Spencer Sanders finally uh, get to live up to his full potential. Perhaps. 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 All right, every hour, 10 to the hour right here on the Monty Show. It is football at 50, presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Uh, Use promo code MONTY25, M-O-N-T-Y, MONTY25 for 25% off your purchase at $25 or more. Don't forget, Barbecue Pit Stop this Saturday in Lehigh. We're going to have Papa Murphy's Pizzas on the smoker, and I'm telling you, we're going to have some red sauce ones and some barbecue sauce ones. Teddy Wayman messaged me over the weekend, and, and he DM'd me on Instagram asking me what our special pizza recipe is, and I told him. It's amazing. If you're not a Papa Murphy's person, you should be now because yeah. It, yeah. It, their pizza, is, it's just better. Yep. I'm telling you, it is better. It, it's faster, more efficient, better pizza at Papa Murphy's. By the way, take home some of the uh, chocolate chip cookie dough. You can also put that right on the smoker. Yes. Smoked chocolate chip cookies Bomb. are the best. They also have s'mores. Or Again, I saw somebody on Twitter talking about how it's some mores. No, no it's, it's not. not. No, it's it not some oars. It's not like you have boat oars. Hey, look, I've got some oars. No, idiot. It's s'mores. Okay, yeah, next better. question. I feel better. Uh, make sure you check them out online. Papa Murphy's. Download the Papa Murphy's app. Let's talk about the National Football League. Obviously, the biggest story in the National Football League yesterday. The Bears. Beating the 49ers. <laughs> Would Bro. just like to point out. Remember, Bro. we had a conversation. What? What? I, am I wrong? Uh, Dicka doesn't win that game. Yeah. Yeah. Eberfus, your mom, wins that game. Yeah. Um, what's going on with the 49ers and their quarterbacks? I have not the slightest idea. Trey Lance, 
Uh, the Bears defense after the game was talking about how they beat the 49ers because they forced Trey Lance to throw the football, and he did not throw it well. Mm -hmm. He is very Anthony Richardson. Um, he runs it effectively, but he cannot deliver the pass, and it is shocking. The other thing that it is shocking is how bad the rain was at Soldier Field yesterday. My guess is if it is dry, the 49ers probably win that game, but it wasn't, so they didn't. The yeah. Bears are yeah. 1-0, which I love. Yeah, it is. Justin Fields isn't that guy, by the way. He's not that guy. I'm it's telling you now. And I, there, as you know, there's no bigger Bears fan than me. Right. In actual physical size, I don't think there's anybody that's... Hey, guys. I lift. Uh, I got a workout in yesterday. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the point is, the point is, the Bears win, the 49ers lose. Clearly, the biggest story in the NFL is injuries. I don't know. Bigger injury, Dak Prescott or TJ Watt? I think that's HIPAA. Dak Prescott all day. You think so? Oh, yeah. Because their season's over. It's over. TJ Watt, You're the done. reigning defensive player of the year, fine defensive end for the Pittsburgh Steelers, has a torn titty muscle. Uh, otherwise, Sorry, known as I thought you said a torn titty muscle. Otherwise known as a pectoral. Uh, yes, he tore, his, uh, he tore his pectoral. He is out indefinitely. He's going to have an MRI today. Uh, but if he tore his pectoral, there's a chance he's done for the year, Listen which would be... Listen to me, bro. Defensive ends can be replaced. Quarterbacks can't. Not well, quickly. And, and I think I would disagree with that. And obviously, the expectation in Dallas is a little different. Um, you know, they're, they're trying to think Super Bowl. I mean, they're trying to think about it. They can't actually do it. I'll go back, and I know that, you know, people hate when I do this, but I told you when they signed both Dak and Zeke to those massive contracts... Yes. Ezekiel Elliott's stealing money right now. You know, part of the problem is they're not giving him the football. Pollard's getting the majority of the carries for Dallas, but you actually have a Dallas defense that hit a home run with Micah Parsons. That defense is actually solid. Mm -hmm. The issue now is that you can't score points, and I understand that Tampa's got arguably the best defense in the NFL right now, especially if Watts hurt. I mean, they have the best pass rush. Shaq Barrett, who by the way was a guy that hit Dak's hand when he when he injured the thumb. My personal opinion is Dallas has the defense now. I just don't think you have the offensive weapons. Dak has not proven to be a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. I think Zeke's best days are behind him. Mm -hmm. I think Jerry Jones is probably dead already, and we just don't know it. Um, but my Back point is, Let's go. yeah, as long as he's the owner, I just don't think they're going to win. And maybe this is Al Davis in, in Oakland, now Las Vegas. I don't know. Um, but they need a quarterback. And maybe they should have gone with the – San Diego Chargers, who now play in Los Angeles at the Rams Stadium, Rams House. Yeah. Hashtag Rams House. Right. Uh, because my guy. My guy. Bro, how many guys do you have? Woo! Justin Herbert looking good. Wow. Throwing the football. Wow. Uh. wow. How about my guy, Hey Bear? Wow. Justin <laughs> Hey Bear. No? Wow. Uh, Justin Herbert. That was, you have really a lot good. of energy this morning. I slept phenomenally well last well, night. Uh, but I'm telling you, Justin yeah, he Herbert Justin yeah. Herbert is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I think he's top five now. And listen, I understand that, you know, your guy Baker Mayfield, he's the best he quarterback well. ever. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. Yeah, stop it. They lost. Uh, how long until, by the way, is Matt Rule the next head coach at, at Nebraska? He probably is. Um, Another fine example of who gives a damn. Who cares, bro? It's Nebraska. Neat. Okay. What have they done? <laughs> Jesus. The biggest standout moment in the National Football League for you. Joe yesterday. Burrow throwing, what was it, five interceptions, I think it was? No, whatever. 11. I think he threw like, 11 Joe interceptions. Joe Burrow just having an awful day. I, I, I think 
there's a lot of hey Joe Burrow had a bad day Kyler Murray was terrible like yeah what do you make of let's talk about Kyler Murray because now I think it's pretty obvious there is an offensive problem in 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 Phoenix I think with the Arizona or excuse me Glendale yeah Glendale uh, in Arizona there's an offensive problem in verticality little Kyler obviously is struggling here I don't know how you fix this because. I don't understand why they will not throw to their best receivers. Mm-hmm. I Like A.J. Green, I don't know that there was a play run to get the football to A.J. Green yesterday, which I think is a mistake. But again, I, I think you can look at a guy and you can tell if he's got the goods or not. I look at a guy in Kyler Murray, and he doesn't have the mental goods. He's got all the physical gifts. He's got every ability you need except the mental one. And... This is why I say when you look across this league and you look at guys like Mac Jones um, getting injured yesterday, Mac Jones has the goods, but he's on a bad offense. Mm -hmm. I look at a guy like Dak Prescott. He's on a a decent offense. He doesn't have the goods to be a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. I can certainly look at Kyler Murray and tell you, I just don't believe he's good enough to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I I think... Dude, I think Arizona has been a an organization that has been up and down for years at this point. I think we all knew the Kyler Murray contract was a mistake. I think we all knew that that you know when you brought in Cliff Kingsbury and frankly when you brought in Kyler Murray the way you did and and you know yeah. moving on from Josh Rosen as fast as you did, we all knew that that's a mistake because frankly the formula is pretty well laid out in the NFL on how to win football games and how to go about building an organization and I just think that Arizona hasn't done that. I think you invested in someone that isn't the guy and that's the problem. That's what that's what all the issues and the rumor mill and all the concerns were with Tua in Miami. Hey, can this guy even get the job done that that's where I always go back to hey you either have a guy or, or you don't and Arizona does not Miami does not right now but but clearly mm. the San Diego Chargers who now play in LA and someone else's building do like Cincinnati you do have a guy like there are certain teams that have them and those are the successful teams football at 50 presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza no one goes all in on made from scratch freshness like Papa Murphy's We go all in on quality, all in on craft, and on the triple pep pizza, we go all in on pepperoni. Because when you go all in, people notice. Go all in with a limited time triple pep pizza, topped with three types of pepperoni for just $11.99. Papa Murphy's, change the way you pizza. Yep, mm, the Monty Show. Love me, mm, love me some Papa Murphy's pizza. Yes. The Monty Show presented by the Advocates, UtahAdvocates.com. Injury attorneys, the best in the business. If you've been injured, if you need an attorney, if you're wondering, hey, should I get an attorney? Yeah, you should get an attorney. Go to UtahAdvocates.com. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. It is Victory Monday on the show this morning as we get wins for BYU and Utah and the Chicago Bears. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, And we're talking a lot about the AP poll this morning, and that's kind of where I want to start. I'm that guy, okay? I'm the guy that, hey, oh, the AP poll's out. Let me go ahead and uh, take Let's a look. Let's see who made the biggest idiot of himself this week. Well, and I, I think this is now uh, a significant story and something that you have to look at every week because when I look at these voters, and I'm pulling up one guy in particular, mm-hmm. and Andy Greeter in Minneapolis is a guy that I have tweeted at uh, probably five times. He covers MLS soccer. Mm-hmm. 
and has an AP football vote. And I have a real problem with that. I look at Ben Portnoy, um, who covers South Carolina for you the know. state newspaper. Mm-hmm. Here are his his top 10. Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, Oklahoma. Right? Wait, I thought you said he had Georgia number three. Number three. Those are his top five. He's got SC number six, Clemson seven, Utah eighth, Michigan State ninth, Baylor 10th, Oklahoma State 11th, Arkansas 12th, Kentucky 13th, Notre Dame 14th, Miami 15th. Who have I not said yet? BYU, who he's got 18th. Like these are, this is an embarrassment. Yeah. It, it's, this is an embarrassment. And if you look at the guys who actually take it seriously, right? Like I look at, I look at Nick Kelly, the Tuscaloosa News, right? Uh, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson, Oklahoma, SC, Arkansas, Michigan State, Utah 10th. Mm-hmm. He's got Utah 10th. He's got BYU 13th behind Kentucky and Oklahoma State. Okay. I look at... I can respect that. Okay. Like, I I look at, you know, guys like, um, I don't know, Bennett Durando, Montgomery News, right. right? Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson, Oklahoma, BYU 7th, ahead of USC 8, Kentucky 9, Utah 10. Like, you can take those guys seriously. When, when you have this wild swing of guys who cover MLS soccer mm-hmm. instead of college football, yeah, who clearly have agendas, and they leave BYU out of their poll for the first two weeks. You know. And then all of a sudden, instead of MLS, they're like, well, hey, BYU won a game that I watched because it was on national TV in daylight hours. Well, maybe I'll, you know, I should. how about we make them 18th? But wait, they were out of your poll last week. Yeah, nobody cares. Nobody watches. I cover MLS soccer. That's what we're talking about. So my question is, and I don't know, Jake, if if you if you look at this at all, if you look at this at all, right? Does the AP poll matter? Is it relevant? Yeah, I mean, I think obviously it's relevant. There's no there's no doubt about that. I mean, whether we like it or hate it or however we feel about it, it definitely is relevant and it definitely matters. But I think the upsetting part is, is that there's no consistency in it. There's no, and again, this is what I always come back to with college football, whether we're talking about the committee that decides on playoff teams, or we're talking about the AP poll and in track records and who gets a vote and who doesn't, there's no consistency or rubric that we get to follow that defines X, Y, and Z. That's the problem. And so when I look at, you know, guys like this Andy Greer guy or who, you know, all these guys that are soccer guys covering or allegedly covering college football, I do think it's a little bit disrespectful to the game. I do think that it sells the game short because you can clearly see the people who watch the game and understand once again why uh, Georgia should be the best team in the country right now. Like, even though Alabama won, they like you understand why George. Georgia should be number one in the nation currently as like with where we're at in the season. You yeah. get it. But I think that the, the frustrating thing is that 
Nobody in their right mind's putting BYU top 10. Everybody no. in their right mind should be talking about whether BYU has the potential or capability to be a top 10 team. That should be the conversation. So when I look at someone having them 18th or not having them on there, even on the radar for the first two weeks, like that tells me everything I need to know, which brings me back to how is it that somebody in Minnesota, with all due respect, I know you say they play great football there, but I could give a damn. You're in Minnesota, <laughs> and I, you just, you're not relevant. Guy, like, it's the Big Ten. Like, Are me, you kidding it's, me? Okay, cool. Okay, Minnesota. Who who in the Big Ten should I care about in in, in what University of Minnesota? Is that what we're saying? Wow, you really don't even, they, Jake. They're the Golden Hamsters. Who the hell cares? It's like, they're Honestly, the, they're actually it's the Ohio Gophers. State and it's and it's Michigan. That's it. That's it. This nonsense. Listen, this uh, nonsense about funny. Nebraska and like they fired their head coach. I don't, Scott Frost. I, dude. I just don't care, man. I, I and I know I, we're. This is a you talk really show. don't think that's a story. I don't give a damn. You haven't won anything. Like everyone, this wow. is what we do. In, in this is what annoys me in college football expansion, or you know, just the bigger landscape conversations in college football. Hey, they fired their head coach. Who are they going to hire? Because that means this, that, and the other. I mean, we're going down conspiracy rabbit holes here, man. Like, like, great. It's Nebraska. They got to prove that they can even hire a head coach that has the capability of building a big program before I'm even going to talk about Cornhuskers. I'm not doing that. Oh, man. that's great, dude. Come on now. No, I, and I can appreciate that. I, I appreciate your honesty. I, I, I Listen, I think if you're an AP voter, it should be a minimum bar. Like, you should. It, yeah. There's got to be some consistency. There you know, has like to be. like everything else in life, like, you have, to, you have to check off a certain criteria before you actually get a vote. Yeah. I, I mean, it's crazy to me that that this is what happens. But I, I look at I look at where we are in a, in this country, and especially in our state. And, and I just think we're football crazy here. And so I just happen to watch an obsessive amount of football. I mean, we're driving to the lovely Mama's Fish House on Saturday evening, um, watching BYU and Baylor, and we're watching BYU and Baylor during dinner, and we're watching BYU. We went to. We went to a Walmart here on Maui to get uh, bottled water, right? And a pillow because the pillows here were terrible. Uh, but we're walking around Walmart watching BYU and Baylor. And, you know, we come home and the game's still going. And so I'm staying up watching Jake Oldroyd miss kick after kick, right? Like, it's crazy the lengths that I will go to to watch a game. Mm. I actually care about who Nebraska hires. I know Trev Alberts personally, right? The athletic, do you know who that is? No. The athletic director at... At Nebraska. Why? I, should, I know Trev from our point. TV days. But here's my point. Here's my point. Mm -hmm. you, you care about it because you met dude back, you know, in well, your TV and it's days, Nebraska. But. I'm 49 years old, so Nebraska, like, I mean, that's a brand. Tom Osborne's a legend. Like, Nebraska football, Nebraska's biggest mistake, not that anybody cares, is going to the Big Ten. Mm -hmm. Your generation has never seen Nebraska be relevant. You're generally, I mean, you're, you're, you're 29 years old. You have no idea that Nebraska football was actually good. But even, but even if they were, which they were, why does that matter now? Why do we pay time and attention to programs that just yeah. aren't, you know, like we, you, I love, this is what I love. Okay. It's BYU. They weren't even on the radar. Some, some school named Nebraska who hasn't won anything or done anything in how long fires their head coach 
And now they're not leading the news cycle, but they're one of the bigger stories in college football. That's what amazing. Yeah, and if me. they take Leopold from like, Kansas, it's incredible. But it, and but that's my point. I I yeah. just think that perception's reality. Totally, anyway, totally. I just wanted to throw in that bit about about the AP poll because it it does frustrate me quite a bit that I I think it's ridiculous that it BYU should have been 12 is probably where they belong. Let's be real honest yeah, about that. Yeah. I don't think they belong in the top 10. I, I just don't think they they've, they've accomplished enough yet. Um, I mean, is their win over Baylor as good as Alabama's win at Texas? Probably not. But I think when you look at the top 10 teams in this country, BYU is not better than USC. I mean, I, I, again, I've watched a lot of USC football this year. That's the best offense I've seen the entire season. I think Caleb Williams is the best quarterback in the country right now after what I saw this past weekend. I mean, I, it's just so impressive. Mm -hmm. BYU being 12th in the country is about where they belong. Now, we're going to have this conversation a week from now based on their win in Eugene because I do think they're going to go up to Eugene and I think they're going to win. Um, and, and I think then you're talking about a top 10 BYU team, but right now I think 12 is about where they belong. I, you know, frankly, I'm a little surprised that, that Utah fell a spot to 14 from 13. Um, you know, but those are the breaks. That's why you got to score 70 points. You would think a 70 point performance keeps you from falling, but it didn't. Right. So I, I think it'll be very interesting to see what happens. What do you, uh, early, early initial feelings about BYU and Oregon? Mm. I think that that yeah, I think that BYU has a great shot to win the game. I I, I what I'm going to be looking for is whether Bo Nix is actually going to show up or not. Like whether the guy is actually going to come out and be a difference maker for his football team. That's what I think you have to look at. I mean, uh, again, pulling up the box score for for you know Max Tooley. Like if dude's going to have 13 total tackles and seven on his own, you're going to be in for a long day yeah. if you're Oregon. So that's why I say like you know you have to be able to run the football against BYU if you want to beat them. And, and, and I don't know, I'm not real confident that Oregon can do that. Yep. By the way, NY jazz fan says exactly. Jake, Nebraska hasn't been good in dot, dot, dot. Well, since I was in high school or junior high. So it's been what? 10 a year? years. Do you mean a year then? NY jazz fan? Cause you're just out of eighth grade. Aren't you? Um, I, I kid, I kid. Uh, Amax says Nebraska took a big paycheck, but that doesn't lead to winning. They're an odd fit in the Big Ten. Yeah. They're an odd yeah. fit in the Big And I know they would love to get back to the Big 12, but you're not going to take that kind of financial concession. But this is the brilliance so, of USC. Like, this same logic applies to USC. Why should we care about USC? Uh, because they haven't won in a long time, but now they're winning. So there's a reason. Like, now you have to pay them respect because they're showing you what they're capable of. They went out and got that big head coach who brought in his boy and brought in his quarterback and all that talent. So that's what I'm saying. Like, with Nebraska, I just think that, that to your point, we're so desperate for football content. It's almost, it's almost obnoxious sometimes. Like, the idea that we're on vacation in Hawaii – and we're having to pull up football games on our phone because of timing and the time difference and the way it works out. It's like if you just think about that whole concept, it's kind of crazy what what Americans are willing to go to, the lengths we're willing to go to to watch the game. Yeah. You know? And it's really to me, it's it's both impressive and it's also it's also like, damn man, like this is crazy, you know, because like if you said to someone, Hey, you're going to you're going on this vacation to Hawaii you know, but you're going to spend a lot of your time watching football while you're in Hawaii, even though you're in this great place. Like, I think some people say, well, what are you, crazy? Right? 
and that's what I that's what I think is so fascinating about the discussion. Like how much of our life during the football season? And when I say the, when I say our, I mean the proverbial. Like our as football fans, how much of our life revolves around the game, whether it's events or the way we watch it or any of that. I think that's really fascinating. Yep, the Monty Show. Um... Talking about college football, just kind of in general, and this Nebraska thing is interesting. Mm-hmm. The generations of it, I, I totally. think, are, are yeah. so interesting. The way that um, that we, as different generations, and as people who, you know, we we je- we, I mean, we watch a lot of college football together. Yeah, and you're like, yeah, Nebraska sucks. I don't care. Yeah, that's fascinating to me. Yeah. Did we care when Tanner Mangum beat them? I think we probably did. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah, then we cared. But that, because that was a different time, though, right? That was several years ago. And that's why I say, like, I think I, I think five years ago, Nebraska mattered more than it does now. Absolutely. But, again, when you fire your head coach, it's an opportunity. And that's why I say, like, whether when we're talking about the Arizona Cardinals during, you know, football 50, like, there's a, there's this whole conversation about – Hey, like they brought in and made some decisions and did some things that thought they thought were going to work out that didn't really work out. And so that's why I say when I look around the college football landscape and I see a program like Nebraska, who frankly hasn't been relevant uh, in in any of my time is in college football fandom. I just am not going to be like, yeah, this is a huge deal. Like you need to show me a little bit more. Yeah, I agree. Hey, uh, this hour of the show presented by Tri-Day Trading. Our good friends, TridayTrading.com slash Monty uh, is where you go. And we've talked a lot about this. We've had a ton of questions mm-hmm. about what Tri-Day Trading does. It's pretty simple. Tri-Day Trading is one of the best side hustles ever. Um, and the way that Tri-Day Trading works is, you know, if you're a stock market guy or you've thought about day trading, Tri-Day Trading is going to teach you how to be an elite day trader. And the best part of it is it costs you nothing to find out if it's a good fit for you. Mm-hmm. Go to TridayTrading.com. You see the uh, website on your screen there, TridayTrading.com slash Monty. Um, and register for their free webinar. That's really all you have to do. It doesn't cost you anything. Watch the webinar and, hey, let's see if it's a fit for you. Because the best part about TridayTrading.com slash Monty is that it is a great side hustle. You can do it as a full-time job. There's a ton of their clients scale up from their regular job because so many of us are grinding trying to get out of our nine to five, right? I mean, I I think we just went through that. You guys have followed us through that process. And that's why this resonates so much to us. Not only, you know, are the are Ryan and the guys at Triday Trading, um, a local company, they're based in Lehigh. Um, you you go to their offices. I mean, you can meet, talk to them. You know, they're they're not some fly by night company. They're legitimately training you on how to become a day trader. And the best part is you go through their program. After you watch the webinar, you'll go through their program. And at the end of it, two things happen. You get elite coaching, really high level, good coaching on how to be a great day trader after you go through their program and at the end of the program you trade their money you don't start day trading after their program with your own money you start day trading their money and if you make money they split the profit with you so there's no risk to you even after you've gone through training and you're ready to start trading you trade with tridaytrading.com's money it's a phenomenal program because they're building you up to succeed. Mm-hmm. So get to trydaytrading.com slash Monty, trydaytrading.com slash Monty. Let them know you heard about us on the show. Obviously, it helps us. 
you know, if you've had any interest in day trading, if you're wondering, hey, do I need my, you know, my Series 7, like all those questions are answered in the free webinar. Go to trydaytrading.com slash Monty. Register to take, the, uh, to, to take the free webinar. And trust me, you will not regret it one way or the other because it's a, it's a phenomenal program. So I'm excited about it. I'm a huge stock guy. Yeah, and I think the beautiful thing about this whole situation is that it is truly for everybody because you can be like, you know, hardcore day trader guy. Yes. And maybe you value the information. Maybe you're somebody who's saying, hey, yeah, maybe maybe there is a concept or a strategy or, or a tactic that I can learn out of this program. And, and conversely, if you're on the other side of it where where you're like, I don't even know anything about day trading. I don't like all I know is that some random people on in New York do day trading and that's how they make their living. Like there are a lot of us out there like that and there's nothing wrong with that. But that's why we were so thrilled to partner with Triday Trading because this is what can allow you to sort of just learn. Like there's so many opportunities out there where they're like, hey, you got to pay us to get the information. Triday is just simply saying, hey, go to the link. You can see it on the screen, right? Tridaytrading.com slash Monty. Go to that link and check it out. And if it's not for you, it's not like you, you know, lost your leg or something, right? You, in fact, you learned... And you decide, hey, maybe this isn't for me. But I think there are a lot of us out there who are tired of the nine to five, who want that yes. opportunity to get freedom, get more time with the kids. I, we were on this vacation. We had we had uh, family members who were saying, hey, yeah, we 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 grind, and I wish I could take my kids to school more, and I wish I could have this and that. Well, the only way to get that is to is to get your time back. That's right. And that ultimately is what Triday can can allow you to do is get your time back, and that's like you were just saying the process we just went through. So that's what I'm saying. It took us several years to do that through the nine to five, saving and investing in key points. With Triday, you can speed up that timeline, and they're going to teach you how to do that. That's why. I'm a big believer in the program. Yeah, um, I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. All right, let's uh, get some of your comments in here. Come from all over now. Other schools get poached in the portal. Truth. The transfer portal has totally changed college football, mm -hmm. by the way. I, I think it is. I think it's absolutely. Well, well, look at USC, right? I mean, that's that's how USC was born, right? In their situation right now, you you have transfer portal. You have the, the whole situation being built on. The fact that that kids can move around and kids can do some things, so that's yeah, absolutely, it's changed the game. Yeah, I think I think one of the things that that is interesting about the transfer portal and um, you know all of the I don't know what's the right the the the, the way that the game has changed in college football. It, mm -hmm. Guys like Nick Saban, guys like Lincoln Riley, Lincoln Riley's entire football team at USC is built on the transfer portal. This is Coach Saban. And it, it is, that's the only way that you can take a program like Notre Dame. I, I guarantee you Notre Dame is going to be out scouring the transfer portal. Yeah. Because they've got to find a way to inject talent into the program because it's so rare anymore that you can just simply recruit and develop people. Yeah. You need that transfer business um, to come in and, and help you bolster key players you know, positions like Caleb Williams at a quarterback at USC, I, I think is absolutely a, a critical transfer there. So it'll be interesting to see that. Uh, NY Jazz fan says, thanks for the donation again. Yeah, I blue and gold is being blue and gold. It's all good, man. Um, let's see. Uh, Giggity says, guys, I have to say this. This new setup is giving me serious casting couch vibes. I do appreciate you doing shows on vacation. <laughs> Come on, man. Are we on a casting couch? Bro. 
Bro, chill out, man. See, you, you need to relax. Last bro. week, everybody was upset that the you, they couldn't see the ocean in the background when we were on Kona. So this week, we're like, well, you know what? We'll do it. We'll just do it on the couch because we have like these two big picture doors here, these sliding doors. Yeah. But the outside light is so bright that you can't see behind us. Why don't you illuminate me? Yeah. So people are like, oh, well, why don't you get... So now we're doing it on a couch, and Giggity says it's the casting couch. <laughs> Look, man, you know. I, you know. It is what it is. It is what it is. Um, let's see. Gabe Rasmussen says most recruits come out of the South in uh, and Cali for any team in the country. Oh, I, I think, I actually think there's no doubt about that. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Well, I, I just don't think it's, it's, it's harsh to be like, yeah, like, there's a lot of wide receiver talent that comes out of California. But how there's do you not? Of, how do you? If like, you're if you're a college football coach, how are you not recruiting Texas with passion? And yeah, birth? you are. Oh, I think you are. I think the problem right? is is that it's not good enough just to be a college football coach recruiting with passion anymore. Once again, it's about kids' opportunities and path to the NFL. Do you think? Do you think that Nick Saban is just so much better at recruiting than anybody else? No, he's not the Jesus Christ of recruiting. <laughs> but what is he? What does he have to recruit with? He has a pipeline to the NFL, so he can say to a kid, every year, on average, we put out, as an example, 15 kids or 20 kids to the league through the NFL draft or whatever the number is, right? Like, these programs, these upper echelon programs who are in the college football playoff every year, who are putting guys in the league every year, yeah. have that advantage. So when you're, when, you're, when you're Oregon, let's say, as an example, and you're in the pack, whatever's left of it in a year when you're recruiting a kid it's going to be harder for you to recruit what's the message you're going to send right like but in the sec yeah, you can absolutely. be like yeah hey man we're good to go we're locked in our conference is strong we're, you're going to be on tv every week like we're going to be in the college football playoff let's do this thing yep. like that's what it's about hey don't forget to join us this uh, saturday at barbecue pit stop in lehigh uh we are going to give away that trip to see byu in notre dame at the Shamrock Series in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. It is a great place to watch a game. Um, super excited about that. All you have to do is go to any of your five Utah locations for Barbecue Pit Stop. Now, that is just going to be Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday this week. Mm -hmm. Thursday, we are going to pick up those boxes uh, from the different Barbecue Pit Stops. Yes, we're actually coming back to Utah this week. Whoa. It feels like we've been gone a month. Yeah. I miss my dogs so much. Like the 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 place that has our dogs sends us pictures every day. Mm -hmm. I miss my dogs. Mm -hmm. Just thought I'd throw that out. But uh, we're going to be picking up those boxes from Barbecue Pit Stop Thursday and Friday. So you've got to be in there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. If you've not, get to their website um, and chat with them at barbecuepitstop.com. And listen, again, if you don't know Barbecue Pit Stop, um, it's all the best smoking and barbecuing equipment. Get a smoker. Trust me when I say smoking is so much better than barbecuing. It's so much easier. It's so much quicker. Mm -hmm. I, I'm all in on it, right? Like putting a Papa Murphy's pizza on a Traeger smoker is a life hack. Trust me, it will change. It will absolutely change your life the first time you do it. Come watch us do it Saturday, Barbecue Pit Stop in Lehigh. Uh, noon time for uh, football Saturday. Then uh, we'll go noon to one, and then we'll start smoking pizza and wings. Uh, the guys at Don's Meat are going to give us a bunch of wings to smoke. We are only doing drums. There will be no flats because we all know that real Listen, men... Listen, dude, Harris Lachance said that he was a flats guy, so you need to get the hell out of here with this drum slander. Is Harris Lachance going to be there? No, he'll be in Eugene. There no, will be no flats. I'm kidding. We will have flats. 
Um, <laughs> we'll have all the wings from Don's Meats, all the pizza from Papa Murphy's Pizza, and of course, all of our good friends at Barbecue Pit Stop uh, will be there as well. All the equipment, all of the stuff will be on display, and yes. we'll watch BYU in Oregon, and then halftime will pull the winner. So thanks yes, to our yes, good yes. friends at Barbecue Pit Stop, BBQ Pit Stop, dot com um as we send listeners to see byu and notre dame at the shamrock series and again i want to remind you it's two nights at the palms casino resort and hotel two tickets to the game and a 250 dollars gas card to get you there to see byu at notre dame all right let's let's react a little bit to jaron hall's performance yeah because i think this is a really critical conversation for byu fans i have to tell you i think this is one of his best performances and it's also one of those games where you're like, well, the stat sheet doesn't say that. Here's why the stat sheet isn't a real good judge of a performance. Because Jaron Hall made the absolute dime piece throws he had to make when he had to make them. Mm -hmm. He used his legs effectively and efficiently. I don't love the throwback to him from Chase Roberts back to Jaron. He takes a hit there low on his lay lower leg and ankles at, at the goal line. I don't love that play. It was a touchdown. He showed you his ability. He displayed the ability to run still. Jaron Hall is fully healthy. He is fully capable. And Jake, I was really impressed with his performance. Yeah, and, and I just think the leadership is is on full display right now. I've, I almost feel like Jaron's gone through a maturing process and and he's been able to, to, you know, in a sense, grow up a lot. And I think that that happens. And I think that, like, you know, as I said before, I, I think that Kalani is just doing a great job in that, portion of his program like getting some of these guys to sort of grow up and mature and really kind of come into their own as human beings and as football players I think is really starting to pay dividends I mean you you look at the contributions you got from the young guys as Kalani would say and, and that was absolutely game-changing and so that's why I say whether it's the kicker stuff or or Jaron or the the young guys in the wide receiver room like you just got performances across the board and I think Jaron Hall led the way on that and it's really cool to see that process play out because yes. I, I I do think like I don't think it's outlandish to say that Jaron can be in the Heisman conversation I like granted they are going to have to be minimum one loss team ideally undefeated but he can be in that conversation now well if he doesn't turn the ball over I think that is the key to his success I didn't love you know, I didn't love that he took that sack because he didn't get rid of the ball. Like, he, Jaron Hall, when he's in the pocket, I, I don't think that's his best high shoes. Mm -hmm. Get him out of the pocket and let him make a, 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 a two-level read and mm -hmm. get rid of the football or run. And again, I, I just, his judgment makes me nervous sometimes. There are throws and there are decisions where he does not step out of bounds or he'll take contact he doesn't need to take. But I think we're seeing those fall off more and more and more. Mm. But that play where he lets a, a defensive end fall on the back of his legs, takes the sack, then throws the ball away. Like, that's the play that Jaron Hall's got to eliminate from his game. Well, you get nervous watching it happen, Oh, frankly. man. You're, I mean, you're worried about an ankle yeah. or a broken leg. Like, that's the stuff that really it's scares you. That's why Puka's you. in the position he's in. Well... True, he got rolled up. But I think the bottom line here is I think Jeremy Hall's playing at an incredibly high level. And I do think that Oregon is vulnerable. We've seen that they have a lack of talent. We've seen that they, I mean, they beat a cupcake this weekend. And yes, they are back in the AP top 25. This this BYU team is no cupcake. This is yeah. not there's not one of them state schools. Well, and Oregon knows that. I mean, Oregon's not you know obviously well, blind to what BYU's been doing, and I think they that, knew Georgia wasn't a cupcake either. Yeah, but when you play teams like Alabama and Georgia, like you 
yeah, obviously you would have liked to have had a better showing against Georgia. Certainly. But if you're Oregon and you're heading into this BYU game, you're sitting here saying, all right, we, we have an opportunity here to, you know, to make some noise in the AP and to kind of get some momentum back in our in our locker room, in our team, in our program. And I think for BYU, uh, you know, on the other side, like I, I think if you're BYU, you just got to stay in this mindset of like week to week, handling your business. Everyone does their job because that's what we're hearing from this team. Yes. And, and I know it's so like cliche and it's football talk and everyone does their job. And we've been hearing that from Tom Brady for like 100 years at this point. But it's what successful football teams do. Guys aren't trying to do too much. They're just trying to do what they need to do in the game plan. Are you surprised that BYU is a dog going to Eugene? Three, they're three and a half. You, Oregon is a is a minus three and a half in this game. BYU plus three and a half. No, I think I think that's shades of respect. I think that I think really that, yeah because I think that you're you're essentially saying that these two teams are even because Oregon's going to get three points for being the home team. And so to me, I look at that spread and and I say, hey, like that's that's respect because you're you're essentially saying that you are not going to say who the better team is. You're saying that these two teams are even. And it's a heads-up game, and and I think that's fair. I think that it's also fair that Oregon popped back into the twenty-fifth spot this week in the AP because you did win, you bounced back, and so that's what I'm saying. When you start to look at BYU's schedule, this is a big game. This Oregon game is potentially, potentially season-defining. If you can win this game and then you go on to beat Notre Dame, that's a huge, like that's a big five and zero. Like that's a oh, big yeah. like. That's like five and zero is different for different teams. For BYU, that would to me be a very well, impressive five and zero for BYU would require them to convert on third down. Yes, um, I think that's a that's going to be one to watch. But I think when you have obviously you're you're looking at you're looking at Oregon here, and then you're looking at Wyoming and Utah State. I mean, mm-hmm. before Notre Dame, that Notre Dame Arkansas split. Yeah. And by the way, their bye is not until November. And we've talked about this. the The build of this schedule mm-hmm. is is quite interesting. I think Jaron Hall can go up to Eugene and win the game. Yeah. I do. I think he can carry this team. They've got to convert on third down because I think Oregon is one of those teams that will break your back if you cannot convert on third down, and if you cannot get your defense off the field on third down. To me, that is a that's a big deal, and I think that's going to be a key. That's one stat that I would tell you: pay attention to that. Pay attention to total yardage because BYU is going to need 500 total yards in this game to win. And I I think if you're BYU, Man, you, you need any 500 total yards. I think they're going to need they're going to need a massive offensive performance to beat Oregon because I don't know what, but but you've been saying the defense has been impressive. So do you think the defense is going to struggle? I think Autzen Stadium is one of the most difficult places to play. I, I, I wouldn't struggle is probably not the word that I would use, but I think that that Oregon is this is going to be Oregon's real first big game at home this year. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be very interesting to see exactly how they conduct their business. You're going to know in the first quarter who's going to win this game. I, I truly think that if BYU comes out and that offensive line gets a hold of you and and they start running the football and and you start getting Chris Brooks for five to seven yards of carry and Pini Katoa, you know, converting. And, you know, again, I, I'll just go back to my fundamental rules of offense. How do you do on second and long? Because you know you're oftentimes going to be second and eight to ten yards. How do you do in those situations? How are you able to convert on, like, your third and fours, right? Like, 
Are you in third and short a lot? If you are, you're going to win the game. Mm-hmm. If you are not being productive and, and you are not able to produce on second and 10, second and long, right. I think you're asking for a world of pain. Yeah, and I think, that, I think that that's kind of what a lot of people thought was going to happen in this game that they just played, that you were going to be behind the sticks, that you were going to be chasing it a little bit, that you were going to struggle offensively. And I think that, you know, being able to to make plays when you did, being able to 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 just get the job done, I think is a good feeling because I think that looks different every single week. So when I think about, you know, this team going to, to Eugene, I'm just sitting here saying, hey, like these guys feel like they're battle tested. Like, hey, you just handled Baylor in a really tight, highly contested game. You're telling me that you can't have that same sort of performance uh, against against Oregon? You're telling me that BYU doesn't have the opportunity to beat Oregon? Well, no, I, they do have the opportunity. To me, it really just comes down to who's available. Is Does Puka come back? I don't know. As we said, it's hard. we don't really enjoy speculating about injury, but obviously if it comes out Friday, let's say, that Puka is ready to go, then obviously you've got a different game plan. Then I feel a little bit better. But as it is currently constituted, I still think that without those two guys, at some point, that comes back to get you. Maybe not the first game, maybe not the second game. But at some point, not having talent on the football field comes back to haunt you. So I don't know, you know, inside of a game plan when you're preparing for Oregon, what you can do to kind of offset offset that. Well, I also think you got to keep Chase Roberts involved now. I mean, uh, what you saw against Baylor was not a fluke. I think that Jaron absolutely delivered dimes. And, and by the way, I think his deep ball has improved dramatically. And I think moving him outside of the pocket to give him better windows and better vision in the in the intermediate routes has really helped him. Mm-hmm. I still maintain I want to see more from Isaac Rex. I still maintain um, that I want to see more from, from your tight ends underneath. And I think that's the one place that I'd like to see BYU improve because obviously – um, you know, when Puka comes back and, and when you get Gunnar Romney on the field for the first time with Chase Roberts, with Cody Epps, I mean, now you're in, you can be in bunch three receiver, four receiver packages. Like there's a lot more that you can do. Um, but you've got to be able to throw the ball consistently to, to Rex and, and, you know, underneath. And that's the one part of their game that we've not seen yet. I think we've seen wonderful big, big plays. We've seen take the top off of defenses. The wide receivers are not in question. Got to be able to throw the ball to the backs. Got to be able to throw the ball to the tight end. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing that I don't see in this offense. And, and I, I think, I think that Jaron Hall. I mean, it is it is absolutely refreshing to see two really good quarterbacks performing in this state. Um, and I think when you look at what Cam Rising's doing, and you look at the way that Jaron Hall's playing. I mean, this is, again, I don't mean to be redundant. If you're just tuning in, I talked about this earlier. Yeah. This is this is absolutely the golden hour of football right now. I mean, enjoy this while you can because injuries and losses are going to happen. And I think you're getting a really high level of quarterback play at both BYU um, and Utah. Let's get some of your comments in here. Uh, Dallin Sproul says, Chris Brooks or Lopini Katoa? I feel like Chris Brooks hasn't looked as good as advertised, honestly, like the way Katoa ran against Baylor. I, I think Peeney is a a a short yardage back. He is a, a bowling ball. Conviction. Yeah, I think that when you need big yards, yeah, I think if you're four, four yards, if you're in short yardage, yeah, Peeney Katoa is your guy. Chris Brooks, I think, just isn't comfortable yet. 
Oh. Meta portal. You know, down. like, hey, okay, the that's ESPN fine. ESPN playing random ads. Sorry. I appreciate that. Uh, I think when you look at Christopher Brooks, I just think that he hasn't gotten comfortable yet. Cal plays a completely different style than BYU does. Yeah. And I think that it's going to take probably four, five, six games for him to be 100% comfortable mm-hmm. um, in the offense. I mean, it, it just the reads, the understanding. Peeney's been here. I, I think he's a seventh-year redshirt freshman. <laughs> um, Peeney can tell it feels like he's been here forever. Ronnie, please. Um, but, you know, I, I, he clearly is more comfortable in the, in the schematic of it and from the schematic side of it. And I think you're just waiting on Chris Brooks to get comfortable I certainly, and, and Dallin, I don't think you're saying that, but I, I wouldn't write Chris Brooks off yet. I think he's got some some adjusting still to do, but I think he's shown you that he can get out beyond the linebacker. Certainly, he can get through the hole quickly. It's a matter of, I don't think Christopher Brooks has the finisher speed that a lot of people assumed he had. I think he, he, he's a guy that inside of 30 yards, you're not going to catch him. I think when you're when you're looking at those bigger plays, I don't think they have a top off the defense running back. I, I don't, and I don't think they need one. I don't. I mean, their best running game is probably option with with Jaron Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I love the way Peeney's running the ball. I think he's earned as many carries as he's getting because he's he's really worked hard to maintain his spot on this team, and he's gotten better. Yeah. And I think Lopini Katoa is one of the better stories. And if you're a local kid that's looking and wondering if you're going to get a shot at BYU, because obviously the recruiting pool has opened up significantly at BYU. Right. right. But I think if you're a local kid wondering, I I don't think you have to look past the Harris LaChances of the world, the the Peenies. There's examples all over the team. Yeah, I mean, this this BYU team, Utah, we're seeing more local success at Utah as well, even though I think Utah has been a better recruiting pipeline. Um, certainly Florida, Texas, California is well represented on that roster. But mm-hmm. I think you're seeing now that local recruiting is picked up for both clubs. Winning winning a conference championship and playing for a Rose Bowl doesn't hurt. But I think you're also <laughs> seeing that, yeah, going into the Big 12 certainly doesn't hurt BYU. So uh, Commissioner Yorkman, by the way, was in Provo. Did anybody notice that? Yeah, he was. So and That's what I'm saying. Like this, uh, That's why I feel like this this disrespect about like, you know, hey, well, you know, they struggled to beat Baylor. Like, what do you mean you struggled to beat the what the ninth team in the country? What do you mean you struggled to beat a top ten team? You, it's a top ten team. You beat a top ten team. That's why I was amazed by by the hate that that BYU got after the game. Yeah, I, I'm surprised by that. I was surprised by that. All right, let's get some more because I I really want to make sure we get you get your guys' opinion in here. Um, let's see, Drew's one minute finance. Okay. Puka and Gunner will open up the middle of the field for the tight ends. I would agree with that. I would agree with that because but I, again, I if think they play truth. No doubt about it. I absolutely think you're right, Drew. I think you saw crowded. The hashes were crowded in the middle of the field for, and, and why wouldn't you? I mean, you had no idea that Chase Roberts and, and Jaron Hall had that kind of connection. And I think, by the way, <clears throat> it, it needs to be, and I don't think we can say it enough. The accuracy of those balls to Chase Roberts was something spectacular. Mm-hmm. I mean, those were not well-placed. Those were perfectly placed. And it allowed him to run after the catch. Um, the one down the sideline was just, I mean... Beautiful. I, I don't know what else you could want Yeah. Um, in that situation. But yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. I think when you get... They've got to get wide receivers running through the middle of the field. And I think Cody Epps is a guy that can help you there. Certainly, you know, Gunner's a guy that will bring a a completely different dynamic. Um, You know, Puka is a guy that 
if you blink, he's in the end zone. Yeah. And he's shown that kind of speed. I mean, I think he was running 21 miles an hour on that touchdown. Crazy. The, the first sweep, the first play of the game, really. So, I mean, I just, you're right. I, I absolutely think that's a great point. Uh, Gordon Scott said, T.A. didn't look good against Baylor either. No, I mean, Baylor handled Tyler Algier last year. There's no doubt. The, the difference, I think the differences in this team from BYU this year from last year are now their strengths. I mean, you're you're certainly more diverse in the running game. Nobody's kicking the hell out of Baylor. Like you need to understand that Baylor is a big, strong. Baylor's a good football, football team. team. Yeah, yeah. Like, by the way, I know you hate Nebraska and you've never heard of the Cornhuskers. Yeah, I, but who's Nebraska? If Dave Aranda goes to Nebraska, and there's a lot of people who think he's taking that phone call, what a coup that would be for Trev Alberts at Nebraska. What a loss that would be for Baylor. I mean, that would be yeah. I mean, that would be would, obviously that would be a that would be a big hire, no doubt about it. Yeah, and I also think, by the way, Leopold of Kansas is a guy to watch for that job. And I know everybody's saying that, but hey, man, if Nebraska calls, you're answering the phone. Mm. You know, like I mean, there's a few guys that I've heard, like Luke Fickle's probably not leaving Cincinnati to go to Nebraska. I, I mean, I would doubt that, even though he's a he's probably more of a Big Ten fit. But on to Cincinnati. I yeah, I have a I have a hard time believing that 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 would happen. Uh, John Dry says, uh, yes, Siri, it is awesome. Before every sports game, the Will Rogers and his horse statue is wrapped in red and black, and every fan and player taps the saddle that TCU and Tech battle for. That's great tradition. I would agree with that. How did we get there? Uh, let's see. Greg Hawkins says, we need more traditions at Utah. I don't, is, like, I would agree with that. I don't know, like, Clemson's got the walk and the rock and, you know, like, by the way, did anybody see Kalani's walk into the stadium this weekend? Well, I did because BYU did a whole video on it and it was really cool. That was electric. Yeah. That was electric. Yes. The, the, I mean, the, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I guess the most comparable thing was Witt pulling up on a Harley two weeks ago. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I. That's interesting, Greg Hawkins. I, I never really thought about that. You, yeah, Utah needs traditions. I don't know what that looks like. Um, yeah, they got to come up with something. That's interesting. You do have to come up with that. You, you, you got to come up with something. I agree with that. Uh, Boyd Lake says Katoa has had several years in the program. Brooks will be much better soon. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I joke, but I mean, Peeney Katoa has been around a long time. Yeah. Like, homie feels like he's been here a long time. Uh, Daniel Rigby says Katoa was similarly ineffective against Baylor. I don't, I don't get that take. Well, I, I think Baylor in, in Waco was a very different football. The game. take was that Baylor handled Tyler Algier last year. So the point was that Baylor's a physical team that can handle backs. And, and that's why, that's why like when it, the greater conversation of where's, you know, Christopher Brooks at right now in his game, like he's coming along. Like it shouldn't be. We shouldn't be sitting here being like worried about Brooks because he had a decent game or not a great well, game. And the offensive Taylor. line is totally different now. I mean, it, it being healthy and having Harris inside, having Harris Lachance at guard mm -hmm. has completely changed the dynamic on the right side of the line. You can, yeah. I mean, you can effectively run right or left. You yes. have you have equal strength on both sides of the line. And I think Harris has been a dominant force. His athletic ability has separated him from 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 tackle to guard. I mean, he is an athletic guard. He moves yeah. well, and I think you're seeing that 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 change 
while it was a surprise and they did a great job keeping that under wraps, I think that change has really helped this BYU line add a different dynamic uh, to their run game. And I, yeah. and I think you saw that against Baylor. And by the way, having Harris healthy makes a huge difference. I mean, how many weeks were we without him last year where everybody was wondering, is this the week that Harris Lachance comes back? And right. it never was, right? So to me, having Harris healthy and having him inside is a big, big deal. It is absolutely a, a big deal. The Monty Show presented by the Advocates Utah Injury Attorneys. UtahAdvocates.com is where you find those guys. Um, and they're great partners on the show, frankly. I mean, they've really um, they've really stepped up for our listeners. And, and again, if you've been in an accident or if you need help, the advocates are the place to go. You never pay for your consultation. It's always a free consultation. You know that you never come out of pocket. You never pay for anything at the advocates until and unless they win your case. That's how good they are at what they do. They know that if they take their case, your case, they're going to win it. That's why you go to utahadvocates.com. Let them fight for you. That's why they call themselves the advocates. Matt Triggs and the guys at the advocates, they are absolutely fighting for you. They are on your side. And trust me, when, you've, when you're injured or you've been in a car accident and... I mean, the last thing you need to do is worry about your medical bills. The yeah. last thing you need to do... Um, is be fighting for yourself when you're, you're not even, you know, half of what you should be. Let the advocates do the fighting. Why don't you get back to your best self? Go to utahadvocates.com. The biggest stories in sports this morning, I don't think there's any doubt. Um, the injuries in the NFL, we'll talk about that coming up on Football at 50, uh, presented by Papa Murphy's coming up here in about five minutes. Um, the, the injuries in the NFL, whether it's Keenan Allen, uh, whether that's Dak Prescott, they are transformative. And we're getting a lot of updates this morning on injuries out of week one in the National Football League. Yeah. Um, absolutely amazing that that BYU and Utah have big games of consequence this week. And I know we've talked a lot of BYU. A scintillating win. An absolutely scintillating win over Baylor at, uh, you know, I think a, a moment in time that's, that's critical. Uh, yeah, Commissioner Yorkman in town from the Big 12. Um, you're battling all of these demons out of this this Duke volleyball scandal that just keep on going and the conversations keep on happening. It would have been easy for BYU to collapse and then to miss the two field goals. In that moment in time with that crowd, the Rock helping you win the game, it was just a really signature moment for Kalani Sataki and his regime in control of BYU football. This now feels like Kalani Sataki's BYU football team more than it ever has. And I know that he's talked about family, and I want to play yeah. this video uh, again that we've played a thousand times. But look at Jaron Hall and Jake Oldroyd after the game. I mean, that screams Kalani Sataki. That's love. Totally. That's family. That's supporting each other. That's staying together. All of the things that so many people say are hyperbole or, oh, that's just coach speak. What you saw with Jaron and what you saw with, with, with Jake the make on the sideline there after Jake didn't make those two field mm -hmm. goals, for Jaron Hall to embrace him and hold a sobbing Jake Oldroyd, I, I mean, it was it's just everything that you want. Thanks. It is exactly how it should be. And then yeah. after the game, and I want to play this Kalani bite as well because I think it's really important. Um, just listen to what Kalani says about Jake Oldroyd here. Uh, we believe in Jake and we love him. We support him, and we wouldn't be the program that we are right now without him. So uh, it's just tough, tough stuff for him. But, you know, it, it's, it's okay. He'll, he'll get better, and he'll learn from it too. Oh, I just brought him up in front of the team and told him how much we love him and how much we appreciate all that he's done for our program. And, 
we still believe him. We got his back, you know. And, and I know he's no one's hurting more than him right now. But I had to remind him we won the game, you know. And it's, you made some field goals and kicked some PATs and, and allowed us to to win this game. You kicked the ball. So there's other things that you did that are positives. And, and let's not let the two uh, missed field goals be the be the biggest issue in this. And hmm. what a moment! That's why you hired. That's why you hired Kalani Sataki. That's why you did not let him get away to Washington or Oregon. That's why you extended the contract because of what we saw with Jaron Hall and Jake Oldroyd on that sideline was was something magical. And I know that you never love to miss those kicks, but I think those moments where you miss those kicks and Kalani brings you in front of the team and he says, hey, you missed two big kicks. We get that. You want Jake Oldroyd to be destroyed by that. You want him to be crushed by that, Yeah. right? But then you got to remind him, hey, you're still our guy. You're still our kicker. There's a lot of kicks you're going to make down the road here, like the ones you made in this game, the PATs, the big, the big extra points, the big field goal you kicked. Like, this is what BYU football is about. This is why Kalani's the right guy. So just a, a really, yes. really great moment, I thought. Um, and one that will be remembered for a long time. You know, one that I think that, you know, at least for this season, I think that this game won't be forgotten. And I, and I think that Jake is obviously – you know, the next time that they tee one up for him, you know, that's 40 yards and it's a little nervy. <laughs> like, you know, obviously for kickers, you know, it's it's a tough thing mentally. Until you make that next yeah. kick, you're still fighting it. And so hopefully, you know, he gets a couple of gimmies, a couple of chip shots that he can kind of just, you know, kick through and, and not have to worry about anymore. But I, I can tell you right now, as, uh, you know, as a competitor, it's the worst feeling in the world when you've been as consistent as he's been and you miss two big kicks, like missing one, okay, but to miss another one, that's oh. just a kick in the bag, dude. It really is. Absolutely it is. Football 50% of by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Make sure you order from Papa Murphy's Pizza online. Use their app. Download the Papa Murphy's app. It's so easy to use. And use the promo code MONTY25, M-O-N-T-Y, MONTY25, to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Then join us. It's Saturday in Lehigh at uh, the Barbecue Pit Stop. We're going to have Papa Murphy's Pizza for everybody on the smoker. It's going to be amazing. At halftime of the Oregon-BYU game, which, by the way, we're going to watch together. It's going to be a watch party. Yes, man. Ducks and Let's Cougars. Go. It's going to be amazing. We're going to do that at uh, Barbecue Pit Stop in Lehigh. We're going to do our football Saturday show Saturday at noon at Barbecue Pit Stop in Lehigh. Then from 1 to 1.30, we'll start firing up the smokers, making the wings and pizza, and then we're watching BYU football. At halftime of that game, we'll draw the winner for BYU and Notre Dame in Las Vegas. Biggest injury, and this might surprise some people, my biggest injury in the NFL yesterday was Keenan Allen. Mm-hmm. Because the San Diego Chargers, who play in Los Angeles and rent space in the Rams stadium, <coughs> I, I it hurts. I will never. I cannot say Los Angeles Chargers. I will not. It, it, yeah, it is. It's, it's the Spanos family should be ashamed of themselves. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. So the Chargers of San Diego, who play in Los Angeles at the Rams house, um, they look like a Super Bowl contender. You have Justin Herbert, my guy. Hey, Bear. Hey, Bear. Uh-huh. Uh, you have Justin Herbert playing amazing football. I think Khalil Mack might be one of the steals of the offseason. Yes, you gave up several first-round picks to get him, but boy, did he have a huge play yesterday for the Chargers. But now Keenan Allen's hurt. Mm -hmm. And you're just wondering, 
how long can he stay healthy? Because Keenan Allen, and he's 1,016 years old. Right. The guy is really important to the San Diego, Los Angeles Chargers. For my money, that's the injury you should be watching. Because I don't think, and I understand Dak Prescott's a big story. I understand the Cowboys are a big story. I think that's HIPAA. They're not a Super Bowl team. Right. Dak Prescott ain't that guy. Mike McCarthy ain't that guy. Mm -hmm. Jarrah ain't that guy. I'm sorry if you're offended by that. Zeke ain't that guy. Mm -hmm. And for once, they finally have a defense who is that guy, and now the offense is in shambles. That's why I say, hey, look, the T.J. Watt injury, the torn titty muscle. Right. Uh, T.J. Watt has a <laughs> what is believed to be a torn pectoral muscle. Brutal That's injury. that man breast. Absolutely brutal injury. It is. You don't come back from that. He's probably out for the year if that is confirmed today by MRI. If, in fact, he is out, that's a big injury. I think T.J. Watt is a bigger injury than Dak Prescott because Dak has just not been that guy for Dallas. But I think this Keenan Allen injury is the biggest one. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that I think that people are becoming more accepting of the fact that the Dallas Cowboys are just an average team. And, and, and again, you know, whether you make the playoffs or whatever doesn't really matter at this point because you've been saying for a decade – you know, that you're a Super Bowl contender and that you're, you have Super Bowl aspirations and you're the best team in the league or whatever. And eventually people get burned out on that. So yeah, I think Keenan Allen is, is the, the, the cherry on top to that offense that really can make a difference for them. And, yeah. and it's frustrating that, you know, Justin Herbert, you know, has had to deal with the injury bug on his football team because I do think, like, I, it's not exaggerating to say Herbert can do what Joe Burrow does. Herbert can do what any of these other guys do. The problem is, is that he's got to have his guys out there. You got to have, again, your talent has to be on the football field. Uh, you know, it, you can only go so far in the Tom Brady model of, hey, we're going to turn Joe Nobody into, you I'm know. I'm sorry, Joe, Kip what position does Joe play? Uh, I'm not sure, but I know he's from Poughkeepsie, New York. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I think the guy just suited it up for one week. You know what I mean? Like the 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 Hogan's of the world. Hogan. From, you know what I mean? Like Chris Hogan is the perfect guy I'm talking about. Like that kind of guy is not in existence for the Chargers. So, yeah, Keenan needs to stay healthy. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I just, I mean, some of the it's some of the shocking, shocking wins yesterday. I, I, I don't know what you say to the Atlanta Falcons fans because, again, I mean, Marcus Mariota is just not a starting quarterback Come in this on, league. Man. And you cut Matt Ryan loose, and Marcus Mariota absolutely look. cost you that game. I don't know what you say to San Francisco 49er fans today who lost tomorrow, and we... The Chicago Bears, they're back. We're winning the Super Bowl, never. Uh, but the point is the Bears get a win yesterday because Trey Lance is just not ready to play in the National Football League. Never. And he's being forced down the throat of 49er fans. How long can you leave him in there with Jimmy Garoppolo sitting on your bench? Because you can't have them both on the roster all season. 49er fans will have a mutiny. Well, listen, you're, you're a five-win team. You're a five-win season away from, I think, having to talk about Hey, like not just Trey Lance, but Shanahan and the coaching staff yeah. and the and going into full burn it down like panic mode. And and I think that there that's just not necessary in my opinion. I don't think that the 49ers as an organization as a fan base need to go through that, but I do agree like you got to be able to put your pride aside and say, "Hey, look, man, we gave you an opportunity for the first probably 4 or 5 weeks of the season. I think that's a fair timeline." 
give the kid five weeks. And if it's brutal like this, then I think you gotta you gotta bring Jimmy G back. Like, he was I don't, terrible like, yesterday. At least with Jimmy G, you have a recipe for success. You know you have someone that you can battle with. And yes, I do think it matters what happens in your division because if you get to a place inside of three weeks where you have no shot of making the playoffs, that's a problem. You cannot allow yourself to get there. You gotta be you gotta be making this decision based on your ability to to make the playoffs. So Well, and that's what was so shocking about Joe Burrow throwing all those interceptions, yeah. turnovers yesterday. Like you look at how important the quarterbacks are. Did anybody watch Tom Brady on Sunday Night Football? Because that Dallas team's actually pretty good defensively. Tom Brady looked great last night. I, I just I, I continue to say the quarterback wins and loses your games, period. And, and <laughs> whether it's Cam, whether it's Jaron, or whether it's Tom Brady, at some point, anybody watch Lamar Jackson yesterday? What did he do? Yeah, he stood, I mean, I mean, I yeah, he stood in the pocket and delivered the football. How about that freakazoid? How about how bad did the Packers look yesterday? Yeah, yes! I mean, I mean, I mean, Packers were terrible yesterday. <laughs> like it, to me, it, it 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 makes very little sense not to invest in the quarterback. As yeah. a Bears fan, we haven't had a quarterback in 25, but 30 years. I don't think it's as simple as saying it makes no sense not to invest in quarterbacks because it's not that simple anymore. It was that simple when it was Jerry versus Dak signing Shara. that deal. Yeah, Jarrah and his circumcised mosquitoes, right? That's what it was about <laughs> then. Now it's about fully guaranteed money, and I'm Lamar Jackson, and I'm, I'm all these guys. I'm Deshaun Watson, and I violate people, and I still get paid. Like, that's I what the violate about. Well, am I, like, that's what it's about, dude. Like, guarantee, fully guaranteed $230 million contract, I believe it was. And here's Lamar Jackson like, okay, man. Like, come on, bro. Yeah. Like, it's just crazy to me. Football. Uh, I've always uh, stood on my innocence. Okay. Football 50 presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. No one goes all in on made-from-scratch freshness like Papa Murphy's. Because when you go all in, people notice. Go all in with the Triple Pep Pizza for just $11.99. Papa Murphy's. Change the way you pizza. Yeah, there you go. Papa Murphy's Pizza presents football at 50 on the Monty Show. Make sure that you use the promo code MONTY25, M-O-N-T-Y, 25 at papamurphyspizza.com or download the app. Their app is super easy to use. Again, schedule it in advance. Get the app. Schedule dinner at like 9 in the morning. Like Get it going. Have the smoker ready. Get yourself a smoker this Saturday when you come to the event and see us. Like Let's go. Step your game up. Come on. And I'm telling you, the recipe at Papa Murphy's is the original crust, barbecue sauce, mozzarella cheese. Mozzarella. Do the green onions, because the green onions are a life hack when it comes to pizza. Right. Onion mix, mushrooms. You want to be a hippie and get crazy? Put some pineapple on pizza. So I would love to know, just do people add pineapple to their pizza? I'm curious. Because I know that's like a controversial thing here on uh, no. here on the I do here on the Monty Show presented by the Advocates Utah Injury Attorneys. Find them online at utahadvocates.com. Let's get some of your comments in here. You guys have been great today. Hey man, it's football season. We need you. Really appreciate you guys being here. And thank you for hanging with us while we've been in Hawaii on yeah. vacation. I know it's been kind of crazy, and a lot of people have talked about our background. But you know, my sister-in-law. A lot of people have asked, "Why are we here?" My sister-in-law got married last week on Kona. So that's why we were in Kona last week. We had terrible internet. 
Notice it. Here we are on Maui today, staying in a lovely resort um, with high-speed internet. So we really haven't had any internet issues. So you guys, thank you so much for supporting the show. Thank you for supporting our 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 sponsors, whether that's TridayTrading.com, uh, Papa Murphy's Pizza, the Utah Advocates, uh, Barbecue Pit Stop, our guys at Wayman Brothers Construction. Um, it just makes such a huge difference when you guys call our sponsors and you say, hey, Heard about you guys on the Monty Show. So really appreciate you doing that. That's how the world goes around these days. Check our guys, uh, the Utah Advocates, present the Monty Show every day. Uh, they make it possible for us to do the things that we do, including giving away trips to places like Las Vegas. Um, we have so many cool trips for you surrounding BYU yes. and Utah coming up. Uh, we have great jazz plans coming up for you as well. All of that is not possible without our sponsors like utahadvocates.com, so make sure you go and check them out. Let's get your thoughts in here. NY Jazz fan says, uh, pineapple doesn't belong on pizza. Donnie, please. But this is a guy that's from New York. He's a pizza purist from New York. Had this conversation you in know, the pool while you were not in the pool yesterday. Me and well, Mrs. Monty. you know what? I was doing things. Uh, well, look, procreation's important. Me and Mrs. Monty were in the pool hanging out with... Uh, friends yesterday and they were asking us oh hey where in chicago do you guys get pizza come on I'm man. like well giordano's is my go-to obviously uh but mrs monty brought up one of the best legendary names in pizza that we haven't talked about in a while that'd be the great rosati's pizza Whoa. hey yes and they were asking us well we're from new york this guy's like we're from new york i'm like that's fine but we cut our pizza in squares here hey sir in squares, not triangles. No, no, friends. Did you say sir to him as well? I did not. Oh, okay. He was going to try and drown me if I did. <laughs> um, but my point is, pineapple absolutely belongs on pizza. Yeah. Right? You dip that pizza in ranch with a little pineapple. Oh, my God. Stop. You know, we're Dude, working over up, here. We've been up for freaking we're, five hours already. We're working over here. And you know Relax. what I'm saying? Uh, I love pineapple on pizza. Yeah. I, I'm all in on it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Gabe Rashmussen says, you guys are in Kanapali, right? Correct. We are in Kanapali. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, talking with Raphael podcast on, on BYU, BYU Radio. PBS. I mean, PBS NPR. Radio. Uh, <laughs> says, I would eat a Hawaiian pizza, but my favorite pizza is chicken, artichoke, bacon, thin crust. Now, bro, this is interesting because on this here trip, I finally broke my bacon fast. Now, my guy Tristan has a bunch of little kids running around. And he made bacon for breakfast one day. I did not have any. So good. Did not have any. Mrs. Monty decided to pull me from my fat phase and make pancakes, eggs, and bacon. And I finally gave in and had some bacon. Breaking, well, wow. I'm okay. I, the air conditioner just turned on and flipped me out. Breaking news. Bacon is extremely good. Yes. Bacon. Yes. Oh, my yes. God. Yes. Bacon is so good. Bacon on pizza is a life hack. Uh, Gabe says, I went there a few years ago. It's amazing. Kanapali's great. Uh, let's see. Cade Chrisleep says, thanks for working while on vacation. Appreciate you. And my jazz fan says, agreed. Thank you, guys. No, thank you. Thank you. Uh, let's see. Ruff's official says, I'm waiting for a cauliflower crust deep dish. I actually don't hate cauliflower crust. Costco, it's right. It's right. back in the day when I used to eat pizza on a regular basis, Costco used to sell a, a frozen cauliflower crust that my wife would get. And my wife has totally revolutionized my eating game. Well, I mean, she's a vegetarian, which you know, no, makes pretty much you makes me a vegetarian. A vegetarian, you know? yeah. too. 
Um, but cauliflower pizza, Ruff's official, that's not that's not way off the reservation in any way, shape, or form. That is not way off the reservation um, at all. Let's see. Um, Provo Cougar fan says, Utah left for the Punk 12. The Punk 12. Has shunned BYU for four games. Adios. Enjoy the new Punk 10. Wow. Bitter. Party of one. Bitter. Okay. Bitter. Okay. Um, I think there is this. There is this. Oh, Greg, come on. Greg Hawkins says, eh, BYU versus Baylor is cool. BYU versus Utah is iconic. Well, I agree with that. That's yeah, right. I agree with that. Are we really going to have this debate about whether or not BYU and Utah should play every This year? isn't even a conversation, in my opinion. And frankly, it, it, it's not even a conversation from the BYU side of it. I think the, the conversation is all about Utah right now and getting into the Big 12 because once that happens, now you're going to get BYU and Utah every year. No, I agree with that. Uh, I'm trying to find... Um, there's a, I know there's a lot of people talking about the stadium as well. Um, let's see. Noah Hogan had a Baylor fan. Tell me LES was the loudest stadium he's ever been to. Even louder than Oklahoma's place said LES is a special place. Oh, well, there's is. no doubt that LES is a, uh, uh, an incredibly special place. And I think that the, the home field advantage is absolutely alive and well. And I think that it, it's really interesting so not to go down the whole racism volleyball thing, but I think a lot of people had, yeah, thank you, please. You know, a lot of people had, I, I don't know what you're doing right now, but. I, well, you brought up racism and now I got to turn and listen. Yeah. I'm not at liberty to say. You know, I, I think that, I think that it was just to me after all of this stuff happened with the volleyball thing, it was just great to see. You know, I think I think it was like sixty five thousand fans at capacity. The game. Look, the Rock yeah, won, the Rock out, won the dude. game. Yeah, I don't bro. think there's anybody that would argue yeah. the Rock had a massive impact yeah, on this game. Like, but there was also a conversation about well, how can we get a hundred thousand into Lavelle Edwards Stadium? Do not expand that stadium. Do not do not do it. There is no reason to do it. It is. And this is what Utah went through several years ago, where there was this big conversation about expanding. You know, mm -hmm. uh, Rice Eccles and. I'm telling you, leave them alone. The renovation at Rice Eccles turned out spectacularly well. Do not. I, if you want to modernize, okay, I'm good with that. Right. Leave capacity where it is. Do not fill in the corners, which is a big thing in BYU country. Like, please don't do that. Leave it the way it is. It is yeah. loud. It is yeah. raucous. It's at altitude. It is everything you want in a football stadium. And what happens when you go up and you start trying to push to 75,000, yeah. you're not going to fill it. And, and BYU, when they are mediocre, with all due respect to BYU fans, okay. And with all due respect. Thank you. With all due respect to <laughs> BYU respect. fans, you, you, you don't sell out. When you're a mediocre football team, you need the place full even when you're mediocre. And yeah. right now you are elite. And you are, I think you you have one of the best home field advantages in the country. Yeah. Why would you change that? It doesn't need to be bigger. You don't need to fill in the corners. I, I And Noah, I agree with you 100%. I think it is absolutely a special place. And and I don't I don't have any doubt that that is the, the... And I am on the train of it is the best backdrop in college football, by the way, too, with the mountains and everything. <sighs> Amazing view. Yeah, I mean, Utah and BYU have great home field advantages. Uh, K-Doo says uh, Utah would struggle with Kansas. Come on. 
Stop. Next comment. Stop. Um, let's see. San Diego State Aztecs 21 says, Ranch, you lost me. Yeah, I was surprised you went down the dipping your pizza and ranch Listen route. Listen. And Greg, Greg Hawkins. Gregory. I have had special legislation written in the um, city of Lehigh to ban all blue cheese dressing from special events like the one we're going to have at Barbecue Pit Stop. Thanks. Ranch on everything. I had salad last night, ranch dressing. I had sex last night, ranch dressing. Like, you name it, ranch dressing. Just so you can go to Pound Town. Okay, you get where I'm coming from here, man? Uh, let's see. Greg Hawkins says, I've been to Oklahoma home games before, and I can confirm LES can compete with Gaylord. Yeah, abs absolutely it can. It's a different thing. Yeah. That's a, that's a different thing. Although, I will say, Texas Memorial was rocking on Saturday. That's one of the best Texas home games I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. That place is bananas. Mm -hmm. Absolutely bananas. Uh, Gabe Rasmussen says, I was in the rock. Well, then you know, they, I mean, they won the game uh, for BYU. New York Jazz fan says, um, how realistic is it that U of U gets to the Big 12? I feel like they went uh, the Pac-12 not long ago. Just curious if it is harder than we all might think. I hope they make it to the Big 12. It's not harder, as it's been explained to me. Now's the time, though, because your your TV deal is up for negotiation, yes. so your grant of rights expires. Now's the time you have to make that move. And I think with Commissioner Yorkman saying, hey, we want to go west, that's our target, I, I don't think there's any doubt that they're pointing right at the, right the Pac-12. And if you're the Big 12, I, I continue to maintain ESPN is trying to broker a merger mm -hmm. between the Big 12 and the Pac-12, and I think it makes perfect sense. But if you're, B, if you're BYU in Utah, it makes too much sense for Utah not to join the Big 12. Well, and I think what's dangerous for Utah in this whole conversation is there's, a, there's, there's been some rumblings and some conversations on Twitter about how the college football playoff expansion has given the Pac-12 a second chance to expand. And I don't think if you're Utah, you want to be a part of that. This whole thing about how the Pac-12 is working on its TV deal and yeah. you're, 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 are you only going to be $30 million a year or whatever? And we, you know, we've had that conversation. You can go back on the channel and find that. It was a great one. But I, I just think if you're Utah, I agree. The time is now. Like You don't want to miss this window and then be stuck in the pack and then not get the BYU game and not get that new momentum in your program and not get the better TV option. And I'm option. telling like, you right on, now, you Notre Dame struggling yeah. is big for the Big 12 because I still maintain the best TV deal out there with the most money if you're not going to merge is the Big 12 and Notre Dame partnering up on a TV deal to work with NBC and ESPN. And make a deal where you have Big 12 football packaged around Notre Dame football. Thanks. Now, that probably doesn't happen as readily or isn't probably as easy to do now that the Big 10 deal involves late night football on NBC Sports. Right. And I, so I think that's a little more difficult. BYU, Utah, that relationship matters but Notre Dame is still the price that's out there. And I'm telling you, the price continues to slide because they're not good. And they're not going to be good this season. I, I don't know how you bounce back from these two losses. It's horrendous. But 
you've got to figure the Notre Dame part of this TV deal out. And if I am if I am specifically talking about Utah, I'm trying to get to the Big 12. They're not a Big 10 fit, in my opinion. Yeah. You're just another team in the Big 12. You can be the best team in the Big 12 right now. I think Utah... You're Utah, just another team in the Big 10, but you can be the best team in the Big 12. Yes, that's what, probably yeah. not what I said, but what I meant yes. to say. You yes. can be the uh, just another team in the Big 10, or you can be the team in the Big 12. And I think if you can get $75 million a year in TV money, why would you not take that right yeah, and now? I just think it's such an upgrade from from what you've had. And, and frankly, I think that... It's it's really in, it'll be interesting to see what happens to the pack because I do think ultimately the pack gets dissolved. It may not be. I mean, they may yes. renew. They may you know they may survive for another five years, let's say. But ultimately, again, it's going to be the SEC, the ACC, the Big Ten, and the Big Twelve. And I think those specifically, obviously, as we've talked about, the Big Ten and the Big Twelve are going to swallow up the pack. So that's why I say, if you're Utah, why would you delay? what in my opinion is the inevitable i understand that you got to weigh all your options and you have to be responsible from a business perspective but let's not make this more complicated than it no. needs to be make the decision make the jump and start making that you know what you said that 70 you know 75 million dollars a year from tv because you haven't made that type of money the last decade and look what you're doing without it yeah i agree uh let's see greg hawkins says i do not believe the Pac-12 will be together within the next 10 years. I also don't believe the Big Ten wants us. I wouldn't mind the Big 12, but I have no idea what the admin is thinking. I don't know. I, I don't think that it is oversimplifying to say Utah needs the, the Big 12. Yeah. I think Utah needs the Big 12. I just, I don't know how you thrive in the Big Ten. I don't know how you thrive in the Pac-8, Pac-10. The Big 12 just makes too much sense. I mean, if the Big 12 adds San Diego State, the Arizona schools, Colorado, uh, Utah. But that's why this Pac-12 or Pac-whatever expansion conversation is so dynamic. Because if they do, like, let's say the Pac picks up San Diego State, that changes things for the Big 12, right? Yes. Like, that, yes. that changes yes. the conversation. So that's what I'm saying. If you're Utah... The longer you wait, the more dangerous the game becomes. And ultimately, what I'm most scared of is Utah getting stuck in whatever the pack turns into, as Greg is kind of saying there. Like, let's say it's the pack eight for the next 10 years. That's a brutal place to be, man. But did you see the crowd at Stanford? Like, I'm watching that game this weekend. I'm like, dude, there is nobody at Stanford. What, what, what crowd? Yeah, I mean, it's it. that's why I say right now the pack 12, 10, pack, whatever it is, has nothing south of Palo Alto nothing nothing yeah not not a sink like the fight for San Diego State should be raging right now and I don't think it is a surprise at all that you see Commissioner Yorkman traveling to his constituents trying to get everybody in the same boat like you have got to act now that's why he's trying to get these TV negotiations open up yes. early I think you absolutely have to act now and I I just don't know how else should go about that? I, I, I really don't. I think it is, it's incredibly important that you get that done. And it's incredibly important that you get the TridayTrading.com slash Monty right now uh, and check out their programs because, again, a lot of people have asked me a lot of questions about Triday Trading. Is it real? Yes, it's real. Is it a scam? It's not a scam. Like, this is real trading stock. This is real day trading. And if you don't know what day trading is, I mean, it, it is as simple as 
being in stocks a shorter amount of time, making money, like making decisions that profit. And it is absolutely, if you go and, and you do any research on day trading, it's far more than a side hustle. And I really got into it during the AMC GameStop you know, explosion that happened last year. And the best part was there was a group of us when we worked at Yelp, there was a group of us that all day traded, that were all getting in and out of stocks. And I mean, I know two or three of those guys who now no longer work at Yelp, they just trade all day long and they make legitimate money. And that's the best part about tri-day trading. And there's no obligation. Do you wanna know about tri-day trading? Do you wanna know if it's legit? Get to tridaytrading.com slash Monty and register. Take their free webinar. It doesn't cost you anything. There's no obligation. And make a decision for yourself. Don't take my word for it. Don't take Jake's word. Go to tridaytrading.com slash Monty and see what you think of it. It's free to register. It's free to take the webinar. And if you want to go to the next step, then you can go and talk to people. But there is no obligation. It's super easy. And they have hundreds and thousands of examples of people who are no longer no longer grinding nine to five at their mm -hmm. their must have job? Mm -hmm. They're now doing what they want to do so that they can build those lifestyles that they've been after. Yeah, and I think to put this into perspective, like you know, a hundred thousand dollars in salary is two hundred seventy three dollars a day over the course of an entire year, and that's what I think really can kind of be a powerful thing if you if you really think about that. Like, hey, to add an additional salary to my household. I just got to make $273 a day, right? That could be one trade. That could be a couple of trades. Who knows? But the point is, is that you want to, you want to go out and you want to make sure that you get the information. And I, and I think when, when you go to, uh, when you go to tridaytrading.com slash Monty, it's going to take you right to a page where, where you're going to see the, you're going to start to get information. So that's why I say it's an easy setup and it's risk-free. That's the whole point. Yep. That's why we set it up this way. And by the way, it's fun. I love it stocks. It is fun. I, yeah. love the, I love the game of trading stocks. I made yeah. really good money on the GameStop boom. Um, and it is the part that I didn't have before Triday Trading was the, the understanding of it and the educational part of it. That's what's so cool about them. Yes. And by the way, you trade their money, not your own. That's the other part of this. You go through their program. You get elite level coaching. Even after you're out of the program, you still get elite level coaching. But the last step in their program is you trading their money. And if you make money on their money, they split the profit with you. Yes. So it's there's nothing to lose. Tridaytrading.com slash Monty. Check it out. Let us know your let us know what you think of it. Let us know how it went for you. Um, they're a local company. I I, you know, apparently. I, I just am amazed by how many companies, like Silicon Slopes is a real deal, dude. Yep. Like I, I am amazed. My wife, you know, works for a Fortune 500 company and we talk about it all the time. Like all of these companies that are local in Utah, like Triday Trading, Ryan and the guys are, are local. They're in Lehigh. Yes. Um, their headquarters are in Lehigh. You go to their building, you work with them. Like it's phenomenal. So uh, wonder your thoughts on that. Make sure you check them out. Tridaytrading.com slash Monty. Ruff's official. It says, Baylor is a Baptist-affiliated school. You never hear about it. Who cares? Ruffs, I'd need to know about what, why yeah, you say what, that. He also what, says, what is TCU the... is a Christian-affiliated school, but it's not brought up constantly. Well, Texas Christian. Yes, that is true. Um, I don't, what is the... I don't know. There must be something there. Uh, let's see. Ruffs official says, uh, hello. 
Uh, I wonder why people always bring up BYU is an LDS school. You hardly ever hear about Notre Dame being a Catholic school. Well, I can tell you exactly why that is. Um, mainly because I think nine out of 10 people don't understand the Mormon faith. They don't understand what the LDS culture is about. I think a lot of people view the LDS culture like they view a freak show. Yes, yes, And yes. I think there is a, just a lot of misunderstanding. Now, I'm not Mormon. I'm not LDS. Um, but it doesn't matter to me that, look, if you're a Christian university, it is what it is. I mean, I, I, I don't judge schools based on their religious affiliation. Um, but I think when this race thing happened a couple of weeks ago, the, what is the first thing we heard about? Oh, well, Brigham Young was a racist. Yeah. It's the first thing you hear about every time. I mean, yep. and it's easy. What's when, when you hear about the, all the scandals in the Catholic church or scandals, it, it roughs. I, I don't disagree with you. I absolutely don't disagree with you. Uh, let's see. John dry says, yes, sir. I am a tech fan. Now that they know how it feels to be ripped off by the refs and the more football, uh, and the more football richer college. Okay. Okay. Um, George Moskrop says BYU Stadium definitely needs to be expanded in order to generate more income for football and the rest of the athletic program. I totally disagree. Do you want to renovate it? Okay, renovate it. Um, but you already have an unbelievable visual package at, at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Mm-hmm. I would agree that I would take out the bleachers and put in seats. That's just my opinion. Um, but I would not add more capacity. I don't think you need it. And it is a slippery slope. And I think the last thing you want to have is empty seats in your building. I just think it, 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 you know, where the capacity is now, you sell out. It's loud. It's passionate. You have one of the best student sections in football. Yeah. Why would you mess with that? Yeah. Why would you tinker with that? I, I, I just wouldn't. In my opinion, I, I think it's a, it's a mistake. Uh, Gabe Rasmussen says, because, ca- ca- hello, because Catholicism is a big name religion, whereas Mormonism is not. You don't think mm, you don't think the Mormon I Church is in a, a big name? I mean, nothing. It obviously is a big name. I think Catholicism yeah. is just more well known. I think. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Greg Hawkins says TCU is marginally Christian at best these days. Okay, they're trying to move away from that. From what I understand, yeah, I don't know anything about that. But Greg, I take your word for that. Absolutely. Uh, George uh, Moskrop says, BYU is steadily building what eventually will be the biggest, strongest overall athletic program throughout the United States. Could be. We'll see. That sounds like you read that somewhere. (laughs) We're quickly building what's going to be the most robust athletic program in the country. You know, it's true. Here at BYU. On BYU TV. It'll be even bigger than BYU Radio. Uh, Ruff's official says, I am not Mormon or a BYU fan, but it seems like they get criticized a lot about their religious affiliation. Absolutely, they yeah, do. Yeah, I think they do. The stigma around the Mormon church is incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, and again, I tell this story all the time, but when Mrs. Monty and I were making the decision to move here back in 2013 to be part of the mighty 1320K fan, the sports leader, uh, when we were making that decision... Well done. Okay. Um, I cannot tell you how many people are like, oh, hey, man, those Mormons are going to come and get you. They're coming for you. You know, they're going to beat you into the ground with the Book of Mormon and then they're going to take half your paycheck and Tom Cruise is going to come and preach to you. What now? Um, Let me tell you what now. Well, I got news for you. L. Ron Humbert's not Mormon. Yeah, but that's not really my point. 
Like the, the misgivings about that's not uh, really listen, my point. You know, if you move to Utah, the next time I see you, you're going to be wearing magic underpants and you don't drink warm caffeinated beverage. <laughs> like that's the stigma around them. I, I mean, seriously, if you think yeah, about it, yeah. tell me that's not what you hear about the LDS. No, folks. BYU has a bunch of white guys that are like 25 years old. They're all married. Yeah. They're all like 37. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not fair. They're more mature than we are. Hey, look at me. I got news for you going and serving a mission is not a, you know, not like a football advantageous activity. Yeah. It's not like taking creatines, friend. Yeah. Okay. All right. Move good. On. Good. Let's move Excellent. on a little bit. Excellent. Uh, Mike Lyman. Good morning to you. Repo- replacing the bleachers with chairs at LES would necessarily involve drastically reducing stadium capacity. Probably it would. If a renovation is to be done, it, w- it must include expansion of seating real estate. I just, I can't see. But why? What What is... Do you need more fans? Do you, I mean it would strictly be a revenue grab. Yeah. And I just I you know I and and I it's been many years but I think I've talked to Tom Homo about this a couple of times and I don't think he's open to doing that. I just that I I mean I can't say that to be fact but I don't know. I think Lavelle Edwards Stadium is when it's rocking is probably I would say it's a tick behind Rice-Eccles. I mm-hmm. think Utah has a slightly better home field advantage, but it's awfully difficult to beat what you have going on there. Like, yeah. I mean... Yeah, absolutely. With Y Mountain in the background, and the, I mean, the elevation alone plays such a huge role. Again, the Rock, I think, is such an underrated student section. Like, you, you have a lot working there. If you are going to add seats, I just I don't know why, for what reason you would do that. Yeah. You know, what would, this is why, why? Anyway, that, I don't, I just don't know why you would do that. Right. I I really don't know why you would do that. In just my opinion. Jake Nielsen says, fill the corners, then replace the bleachers on East and West only. Capacity stays the same. Yeah. I just wouldn't fill the corners, Jake. I don't, I don't. Well, what they're saying is that you lose capacity by going from bleacher benches to actual seats. So that's what, so they're saying, hey, like, you know, yes. change those out, but then you also have to fill in the corners to keep the capacity the same, which I get. Um, Rico on Twitter says Rico. it's a physical impossibility from an engineering standpoint to fill the corners. Okay. Well, listen, I, I mean, I, I guess, I guess so. I, I don't know. Um, that's interesting. I, I don't know why that would be. Um, I don't know anything about the con- construct or the I'm engineering. I'm not an architect. I'm not an engineer. I did not go to Purdue. You and your um, mom are hillbillies. Yeah, I am a hillbilly. But yeah. the point is, I don't know if that's an engineering thing or not. Um, yeah, it's interesting, you know, just visualizing in my head the construction. That could be an uh, that could be an engineering no, problem. No, no, no. Yeah, that might be that. That's actually a good point. Knowing what it looks like. Where's Casey Finlinson when you need? Yeah, him? come on, guys. Guy has a birthday, know, and all of a sudden he doesn't watch listening. the show. Come on. Uh, let's see. Mike uh, K says, I think he is saying if you renovate to seats, you expect to keep available seating relatively the same. But obviously with the bleacher benches, you know, you can fit seven people where you would probably have five chairs. Yeah. And you're essentially standing room when it's packed. Yeah. Uh, let's see. When are they when are they going to build the new NHL stadium for the Utah Coyotes? You joke. <laughs> you joke. I think that is the most likely sport to expand to Salt Lake City. I, I'm not even kidding, Ruff. So I, I think, you, I mean, the Arizona Coyotes are sharing a stadium with Arizona State. Mm-hmm. That, it's embarrassing. 
Hockey is not thriving in Arizona. It truly is not. My Jazz fan says this is gold. Ha ha. Serving a mission is not advantageous to playing football. I played before going on a mission and left weighing 211 pounds ripped. I came back home under 135 and never played again. We talked to Harris oh, about this. Shit. And it's tough. Yeah. It is tough. Yeah. When you are, because your only purpose, obviously, is to go and, you, you know, spread the word, right? Mm -hmm. So you're not, your job is not to lift weights. Your job is not to, I mean, you're riding a bike, you're walking, like you're, you're not lifting. You're mm -hmm. not, you, I mean, you're essentially doing everything you can to shed muscle, you know? And I, I mean, that's the problem. It's not built. And it, obviously, today's day and age, if you were in a modern climate, if you were in a modern metropolitan area. Yeah. That's different, you know, but there's a lot of guys who serve in Central South America. There's a lot of Do guys that serve yeah, in the Pacific in the Pacific rims, like countries like I mean, you're not going to the gym. You're you're relying on pull ups and push ups. What do you bench to keep you in shape? You're relying on, you know, body weight squats to keep you in shape. That's really difficult. Are people mind? The other thing is nutritionally, it's it's hard to. It, people are not miring because it's hard to stay in shape nutritionally. Fat. So it's not an advantage to go for, from a football perspective. And obviously serving a mission is a totally different thing. Right. It's not about football. Right. As Bronco would say, football's fifth. I, right. But it's not physically advantageous. It, it, it just isn't. I'm telling you. Um, Ruff's official says, you're right. Utah could be a huge hockey state. I think. Totally. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, it could be. Um, Will Stock says Utah SLC should have a hockey, be a hockey haven. I'm from Northwest Illinois. Hey, let's go, Will Stocks. Let's do this. I'm a Northbrook guy uh, and a Blackhawk fan. I now live in Utah. I want an NHL team here, damn it. That Coyotes should come to Salt Lake City. Come, go to the Grizzlies. Yeah, dude. Go to the Grizzlies. There, There is... Um, they are 1,000% underrated. It's a lot of fun. Well, but the worst kept secret is that the G League is moving into the Maverick Center. Yeah. So there's supposedly a big upgrade going on Allegedly. at Maverick Allegedly. So there's going to be like all new scoreboards and stuff, like everything We're that's somewhere. All this stuff, the the NBA All Star Game could be a boom for hockey in this mm -hmm. stuff. Honest to goodness. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm telling you, trust me. Yeah, trust me. Uh, let's see. Jake Nielsen says serving a mission is not advantageous. I left on my mission, not playing football. I came home and still didn't play football. Damn it! <laughs> wow. Well, see wow. what happens. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Zayman says, if we really get an NHL team, we'd need our own name. I vote the Utah Skinwalkers. Wow. Why uh, do we have to go to ghosts and stuff? Well, what about White Walkers? What? what? It's cold. Winter's coming. That could be I their mean, sin. Winter's coming. Um, I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Don't play the race card on me. I'm not, I'm not playing the race card. I'm just, I, I think, you know. Okay. Of the major sports, which one would do the best here? Oh, I think, I think, you know, hockey is right there. I mean, obviously everyone's going to say, oh, the NFL, but I think there's enough football. In the I don't market think this already, is man. an NFL market. I think, I think there's enough football here already. I think the, the, the yeah. balance is really nice. And I think that, you know, Utahns are obviously a lot of Bronco fans, you know, and a lot of Rocky fans. So to me, I, I think, you know, um, instead of having a bunch of Avalanche fans, I think there should be an NHL team here. I really do. I think the NHL would do quite well here, and I think Major League Baseball would do quite well here. But see, I'm the only one that is a... I think I'm the only one yeah, in I the state of Utah too. that's a baseball fan. Here's where the like, conversation I mean, gets 
difficult. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, would. I, look, I'd love to have an MLB team here, but I just don't think it happens. No, and I, I don't know that there's an appetite for baseball in Utah. I mean, I would love to sit here and talk baseball every day, but it, 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 there's just not an appetite for it. And obviously, you know, the pennant race also coincides with BYU and Utah football, which absolutely eliminates the pennant race. And that's why you know you have this whole dynamic where, like, you know, you have basically you have you know two communities within the state in Provo and in Salt Lake for their two teams. So it kind of feels like you have, you know, two separate setups essentially. And that works well with the jazz playing at the same time. And that works like it. There's a nice balance in the market. And that's why I feel like having an NFL team just would oversaturate it. The Monty show presented by the advocates, Utah advocates.com. Sterling Tracy says uh, the Utah saltwater taffies hockey team. Wow. You know, that doesn't just roll off the tip of your tongue. It's not smooth, like the logo thing. And uh, Okay. Gabe Rasmussen says, uh, well, yeah, the White Walkers wouldn't sit well with people outside of Utah. You mean the people mm. at Duke? Mm. I, wow. I would agree with that. What? What? Wow, what? bro. You um, just dropped a Duke reference. You know. Yeah, I dropped a Duke. Dude. Uh, talking with Raphael Podcast says, I love baseball. I wouldn't go to an MLB game here, specifically if the Yankees come to play. I would go. Uh, yeah, me too. I'm a huge Cubs fan. Uh, wait, Greg Hawkins tweeted at me about the Cubs the other day. Good for you, Greg. Um, Rob's official says, there's a lot of Coyotes fans in Utah. There aren't a lot of Coyotes fans anywhere. Uh, Jake Nielsen says, RSL struggles to sell out a 20K stadium, plays during football season. Correlation? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's no secret. I mean, you know, again, with all due respect to, you know, RSL, like, I think we're going to the Utah game. You yeah. You know what I mean? No like, doubt it's about not that. A, not a conversation. Will Stock says the Utah Soakers. And he also says Cubbies. Will, where are you from? See, I'm a Northbrook guy. Like, are you an Arlington Heights guy when you say Northwest Illinois? Are you Which a makes you a Bears guy? fan automatically. Yeah, because they're going to build. Park. We joked about that when you weren't in the pool yesterday. We a joked about respect. that. With some people that were You're from. You're so bitter I wasn't in the pool. No, I just, I'm not bitter at all. Uh-huh. I, I, it's actually been nice. Like, no, not. Straight driving them. You know. <laughs> anyway. Why do you play that drop? I don't get it. Uh, let's see. Um, CKS says Salt Lake is primed and ready for baseball. I disagree. MLB would thrive in Salt Lake City. You think so? I think that the NFL would struggle, uh, not struggle. I think you would not get 60,000 fans in an NFL game. I think the problem is that you have the Denver Broncos and you have Utah and BYU. I think you'd be, you'd be, you would not be the number one football priority, and I just don't think that works. Uh, CK also says the Utah Green Jello. Okay. Okay. Um, I think Jeremy Jensen says I think a great name theme would be the Utah Jailers. Build it where the old prison is. Black and white uniforms. Jail themed hockey rink. Fresh fish chance for the rival team. <laughs> Man. That'd be great. Dude goes to the penalty box in the in the crowds chanting "Lock him up," <laughs> and they print Hillary's emails on wow. the jumbo. Okay, stop. Yeah, uh, Ruff's official says, "Doesn't soccer struggle in the U.S.?" I don't know. I think the I think MLS has a cult following, so that would be a yes. Um, I guess the problem is if you're at all a soccer slash football fan, you quickly realize that MLS is slow. Like I'm a Chelsea fan, who we already fired our manager. Um, you know, it's time to go, Tuke. Um, 
it's just a slower game in the U.S. Mm -hmm. And so the best talent, American soccer talent, goes abroad. They don't stay here. I mean, it, it's yeah, it's rough. But did anybody see Las Vegas last night? The Aces in the WNBA. How about the Aces with a ten thousand, almost eleven thousand fans for a WNBA playoff game? Like for instance, like it can be done. You have to market it well, and that's why I say like Las Vegas to me. Las Vegas needs an NBA team. Mm -hmm. If Las Vegas had an NBA team, it's over. Yeah, and you can share arena with an arena with the Golden Knights. Like it is perfect. Yeah, wait until you see Allegiant Stadium. If you haven't been to it, Vegas and you haven't go seen Allegiant get Stadium, to win, bro. Yes, go to Barbecue Pit Stop. We are giving away a trip for two to see yes. BYU and Notre Dame. Yes. Um. So make sure you get to Barbecue Pit Stop. Uh, because we want to we want to send you to see BYU and Notre Dame. Allegiant Stadium is a model for new football stadiums. The technology, the gambling, the are, are, do does anybody do you guys gamble? Do you guys follow gambling lines? Do you bet on sports? Like I'm curious about that aspect as well because obviously gambling on sports in Utah is illegal. Um, and I wonder how many people actually partake. It, it is very interesting to me the number of people who ask me about betting. The number of people who ask me, oh, hey, what would you do with this line? Or There's a lot of those questions that are yes. asked. Here or there, my point is we're sending people to Las Vegas to see BYU in Utah or BYU in Notre Dame. Hello. Careful. BYU in Notre Dame in the Shamrock Series. At Allegiant Stadium, we're giving you two nights at the Palms Resort Casino Hotel. Uh, we are giving you two tickets to the game, and we are giving you a $250 gas card to get you there, and it's all courtesy of our good friend Devery Davis at Academy Mortgage, NMLS number 278-545 for Devery Davis. You're listening to The Monty Show, my favorite peeps. I'm Devery Davis with the Davis Lending Team, powered by Academy Mortgage. Whether you're a first-time homebuyer, you don't know what you're doing, you bought multiple homes, second homes, investment properties, multifamily, we've got you covered. Our office consists of everybody it takes to do your loan, from processing to underwriting to doc departments. We do it all right here. We're not waiting on Tucum Carrier Walla Walla Washington to answer an email. We take care of it here. The housing market's changed. Prices are dropping. It's the greatest time to buy a house. There's no such thing as a dumb question. If you have any questions, you give me a shout. I'll walk you through it. Have a great day. Tell my money guys I said what's up. There you go. Devery Davis Academy Mortgage again. What do all our advertisers have in common? Small business owners, local here in Utah. He, Devery Davis is exactly that. You don't call some big call center. You hear about all these other mortgage guys on the radio and on TV. You call a number and they've never heard of the guy who told you to call. Mm -hmm. Well, when you call Devery Davis at 801-543-9666, you talk to Devery Davis. And he's there. He's in Ogden. He helps you. You can ask him questions. He can make you a cash buyer. Have you always wondered if you could afford a down payment? Devery Davis has programs in place so you don't have to put a down payment down to buy a house. If you're a police officer or a peace officer, he's got a zero down program for you. VA, FHA, they all have down payment assistance. So if you cannot afford a down payment, don't worry. Devery Davis has you covered. Don't wait with mortgage rates where they are and with housing costs going down. Call Devery Davis today, 801-543-9666, NMLS number 278-545, Devery Davis at Academy Mortgage, our equal housing lenders. Okay. So shall we go to non-sports? Sure. Jake. Yeah. 
What can are we, the people saying? Can first we? Of all? Okay. What are the people saying? What, what are the people saying here? I mean, we just got Let's into see. a fist fight, so I'm just curious. You know. Yep. Brent uh, Brent Burnett says interest rates are low, even at five and six. That's what I'm saying. Um, interest rates, and I'm telling you now, real estate. I I I just don't know how you build generational wealth without real estate mm -hmm. being in that portfolio. Yeah, I think it's got to be part of your investment strategy and. Devery and I talk about this all the time. Devery's done three mortgages for me. Him and I have talked about um, investment properties. He's a great resource. If you're looking to get into investment properties, if there's one you'd like to buy, if you're not sure if it's a good fit, give him, just call him and give him an address. Give him the, NM, the uh, MLS, the multiple listing service number for that property, and he will get you information on it. It is absolutely one of the most enlightening phone calls uh, that you can make. And I'm telling you, Devery's a resource and you've got to have real estate in your portfolio. You have to. Um, I would tell you to to be aggressive with it. Uh, let's see. Caden says, uh, even if you live in a metro area, you can't go to the gym and work out. What do you mean? Why is that? He's I, talking about the missionaries. Oh, true. No, you can't. You can't if you if you're serving in a metro area, you can't go work out. No, absolutely not. I agree. You aren't even eating right about seventy five percent of the time. Totally true. Gabe Rasmussen says Bitcoin, bro. No. Well, and I'm this good. is one of the interesting uh, things. This is why, like the Triday trading thing, yeah, um, is such an interesting equation because a lot of people have talked about Bitcoin versus uh, um, Dogecoin you know, to the moon and stuff. Yeah, and I think, you know, my, my whole thing is, is pretty simple. I don't know if you... Housekeeping literally just knocked down the door. Um, but I don't know. Why would, you, why would you speculate? Why would you risk all of the things that you've risked? Think about all the athletes, guys like Trevor Lawrence who got paid in Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Why would you risk that versus stocks versus real estate? Like, and again... I'm telling you, day trading is the reason day trading has exploded as a side hustle and it has exploded as a side hustle is because you can scale it. Things like Bitcoin, you can't scale Bitcoin. They, I mean, you ask yourself that question. And I don't know where Bitcoin is today, um, but I'm telling you that you it is very difficult to believe in Bitcoin right now because how do you know where Bitcoin's going to be in a week versus a day? Like Bitcoin is still at 22, 315. And if you look at the numbers on Bitcoin, and I find these, these conversations fascinating, mm -hmm. you look at the numbers on Bitcoin since the crash in, what was that, probably late May? I mean, you really have not gained. You have, there's, not been a, there's not been a recovery yeah, you're in just Bitcoin. Chilling. You're just chilling. But you look at the market and the market, the market recovers. Like the whole thing about, even if you just day trade, even if you're not a long hold in stocks, you can project that. You can, that's why like the guys that try day trading, that's why they've been around for so long. They're not like a flash in the pan because it's not guesswork. You know, like in Bitcoin, in Dogecoin, it's guesswork. Mm-hmm. That's what's so difficult about Bitcoin. That's why this is a this is that's why this is such a a fascinating conversation to me about where people put their wealth to grow their wealth. Yeah. Whether that's the markets, crypto, I'm out on crypto right now altogether. But for me it's it's the markets and it's real estate. Yeah. Because it, it I can I can 
not control that, but I can project there's that. There's education, there's background, yes, there's research there's to be done. Tr- a track record. Yes. There's scalability. Yes. That's what I think is missing so much. You know what I mean? Uh, let's see. Brent Burnett says, build wealth through good health. Amen to that, my yep. guy. Absolutely. Um, I don't know what Prop 27 is. Jake, look up California Prop 27. On the ballot in California is so shady. We can talk about that. Uh, Provo uh, Cougar fan says, college football penalty box. Got to have one for personal fouls. Yeah. How many targeting overturns were there? There were a ton of targeting calls overturned this weekend. Um, All right, let's talk about weddings. Let's talk about weddings. Mm Mm-hmm. We were he- we're here in in Hawaii for a wedding. Hawaii. And the ceremony, so on this one day, they had their wedding and their reception. Mm-hmm. The ceremony went off without a hitch. Right. Beautiful weather, perfect sunshine. It was gorgeous. An hour later, it was a drenching downpour. A monsoon absolutely destroyed the reception. Right. But here's the thing. They had hired wedding planners, this, this couple. And they handled it perfectly. So, A, are you a big wedding guy or a small wedding guy? Small wedding guy, for sure. Small wedding guy. Like, how sure. small? What does that mean? Like, you know, friends or immediate family, I would say. I'm not trying to have, like, a, you know, like a $10,000 wedding or something or some crazy, you know, event, if you will. I think I am a medium-sized wedding guy. Mm-hmm. Are you a stay-home wedding guy or a destination wedding guy? I think probably destination. Destination. Yeah. I am a destination. Yeah. How much are you willing to spend on a wedding? Because this wedding had to be six figures. Had you to be think? six. Oh, my God. Ha- six I, I, had figures? To be. You don't think so? How the hell is it six figures? Well, the cost of travel, right? So if you look at they, they came out two, two times, including the wedding. You had so we'll call that twenty thousand. Okay, twenty grand. You had a wedding planner. How much do you think that wedding planner was? No idea. They're not cheap. Ten thousand. Um, the 5, dress 000. was. No, it was more than that. It had to be ten grand. Had to be ten grand. Let's call it ten grand. Let's call it five grand. Twenty-five thousand. We're a quarter of the way there yet. Okay. The dress fittings. The dress and the dress fittings. Mm-hmm. This particular bride had her fittings in Chicago. Right. So she flew to Chicago multiple times. Let's call that another five grand. How much was the dress? Let's I call have that five no grand. I no idea how much a wedding dress is. Right? Like, I, I, my guess is you're at this point, you're 35 grand in. That's not catering. That's not accommodations. How much do you think they paid to rent their house? Uh, that's got to be several thousand. Yeah. Right, I mean catering. I can see fifty. I I don't think a hundred. I think a hundred. Okay, probably. call it fifty grand. Yeah. Would yeah. you pay fifty yeah. grand? Uh, no, I'd probably struggle with. 50 That's grand. a lot of money, man. Yeah, fifty G's I'm, on a wedding is a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I would rather spend my money on the honeymoon. Honestly, you would. Yeah, for sure. Okay. For sure. Where, like, are you in exa- Are you warm weather, cold weather? Warm weather for sure. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to sit in the pool and hang out. That's what I'm trying to do. Okay. Well, you're in Hawaii now, and I don't have you. Been, you haven't. Yeah, been we haven't done yet. that yet. Because so here's the difference. You've been hating on me about the damn pool. No, the, I haven't. The difference been. is, is that, I have not been hating is on that. You. Is that you've been to Maui like 15 times? My girlfriend's uh-huh. never been to Maui, so we're seeing things and we're doing things. And we're I'm not exploring. hating on you about the pool. Uh huh. I'm not hating uh-huh. on you about the pool. 
I just think the pool is one of the um, relaxing day in a cabana at the pool. Yeah, is exquisite. Mm-hmm. Like it is one of the best parts of coming to a resort in Hawaii. Right. Yeah. And I, I just, I, I love it. I'm not, I haven't hated on you at all about that. Okay. Okay. Are you self-conscious about that? No, I just, you brought it up a few times. Yeah. So I just wanted to explain what we were doing. I, I did. Hey man, you do you. I think for my wedding, I would spend probably 20,000 on it. And I think I would do a destination. Um, I got married in my sister-in-law's backyard. And spent like a hundred bucks on it, <laughs> like it was it was a small wedding. I I was penniless at the time, though. I mean, um, but it was a fun wedding. We had a great wedding. We had a great cake. We had a great yeah. DJ. Like we had a lot of fun with our wedding. But I would love to do you know like the wedding we were here for. I thought was really well done. The food was fantastic. Right up until the, the monsoon salad storm. Was so good. Yeah, right up until the storm hit, everything was great. Yeah, but yeah. I don't think I would want to be around a a fifty of my closest friends for an entire week. No, you could not convince me to do that. It's too much. It's It's too too stressful. It is too stressful. And and I'm, I'm a resort snob for sure. I didn't, I, you know, the, the house that we stayed at was lovely in terms of the house itself, but the weather was just killer, man. The weather was just like the humidity and the heat and like just sweating constantly. And in Hawaii, I am a Maui guy. Yeah, I am not. Kona is a beautiful Island. So if you don't know Hawaii, Oahu essentially is, I mean, most people compare it to Manhattan, New York City. I think that's exactly right. Um, I think that's what Waikiki is like. There's some beauty on Oahu, Diamond Head. Um, like if, you, if you're coming to Oahu, do the pillbox hike. Like that, yeah. that's, uh, the North Shore is great. The problem with Kona is it's so spread out. Everything's mm-hmm. a 45-minute drive. Right. It's really humid because of the way the island is situated and where like the main activities like the Hilo side is completely different um, than the Kona side. Yeah. You know, like it's just so humid. And the interesting part is like when you go up the coast a little bit, you're you're actually down from the mountain. Right. So if you go up to the top of the mountain on Kona, like where the road is to get you to the airport and all that, it's 10 degrees cooler. At the bottom of that mountain, right on the bay, it's humid. It's warm. There's not a lot of air that flows through there. Yeah, like It's just sticky, man. The houses don't have air conditioning. Like Kona is just tough. Kona is tough. And yeah. if, you're, if you're in old Kona, you're it's not going to have air conditioning. It's, it's beautiful. beautiful. You're just, it's it so hot. It's tough, man. It's hard to sleep like, well. In, I could do, I, what we did, I could have done for probably three days, I think. I think I would three days, with that. I, I would agree fine. with that. You deal with it. Okay, I know in 72 hours I'm going to where I want to go. Like yep. three days, I think I could have done fine. But to do it for a week was just an ass kicking. Too much. Yeah. And then you get here to Maui, and it's just a different world. There's a nice, cool breeze. You can drive with your windows down. Yes. I mean, like, it's just, it's a totally different world. The beaches are better. You know, um, the snorkeling trip, Mrs. Monty and I took a snorkel boat the other day. That was spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw like five, six turtles. We saw a bunch of exotic fish. Yeah. We had great food, hung out. Again, one of the best parts about Hawaii is we've been hanging out with people mm-hmm. again. Like I've missed that so much. Yeah. Hanging out with other human beings. And I've missed your, it so much. How is your uh, thing that we're not allowed to talk about on YouTube? How's the anxiety around that? Uh, oh, it's huge. The, the, the whole, you know, like, did 
is, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's huge. My anxiety on it is huge. But again, as my doctor said, you're, he called my doctor referred to me as super vaxxed. Uh-huh. You know, like I'll take any vaccine. I'll take them all. I'll take everyone that's available. Right. You're and, a sheep and you're, you know, you know, right. Yeah. I mean, Bill Gates has so many microchips in me at this point. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm you know, uh, yeah, I've been immunized. Right. I just, it, right. but it is what it is, you know, and like, it's great being on Maui. We have great internet. We actually get to do three hours today. And look at that. Craig Hawkins beat me to it. He said, I love the length of this show today. I, three hours is what Trying, we usually man. do. And, you know, and, and that was the other thing. I think we did. We literally, so on the, this is how committed we were to doing a show. We, on Kona, the other thing that you deal with is everything is really far away. It's like 30, 40 minutes to get to anything. And so we, on the night of the wedding, after the ceremony, and when the reception was getting going, we left and drove 40 minutes to Walmart to get a, uh, an internet cable that was long enough so we could hardwire the internet to our computer that we do the show on. And that still wasn't good enough as far as the internet was concerned. The Obviously, internet we had upload issues. speed on Kona was eight. I yeah. said eight. Yeah, eight megabytes. Eight. Here it's 567. So... You it's a, a nice, little different clean feed. You know, it's a it's a so, it's you know, a little it's different. Just the things that you deal with. Uh, let's see. Uh, Drew's one minute finance says turn all the wedding gifts into cash and use it to day trade. Drew. Tridaytrading.com slash uh, what is it? The Monty, Monty show? No, nope, just, just Monty. Monty. Tridaytrading.com slash Monty. Yes. Trust me when I say there's money never uh, better spent. Mark Hale says my wife and I had a barbecue for friends and family. The beef was a gift from an uncle, so my wife is half cow wife. Wow. wow. And we spent 500 bucks on the rest of the food. Good for you, Mark Hale. Darn right. Those are the best, I'm yeah, telling you. Totally. Uh, Decaber1981, my wife and I are planning our 20th anniversary celebration in Hawaii next June. Any suggestions? Maui, the Westin. Kanapali. Yeah, I'm telling you, it is. It is a thousand percent worth it. It is enjoyable. You will feel rested. You can do anything mm. you want to do. It is perfect. The West in Maui is really nice. It's right on the beach. And if you can get into Nenea, I would highly recommend it. Um, yeah, up at the, yeah. Well, those are timeshares. Mm -hmm. So you'll, you'll need a presentation, but the presentation's great. Go to the West in Maui. It's great. I love the West in Maui. It is. I'm a Westin guy. Mm -hmm. So I would tell you West in Maui is fantastic. You'll love it. Uh, my suggestion is that um, when you come to Maui, the Terralani is a boat company. Um, take the Terralani dinner cruise and take the Terralani snorkel cruise. Mm -hmm. They're fabulous. Trust me. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jake Nielsen says Maui, best Hawaiian island, hands down. Thank you. Great. Uh, Provo Cougar fan. Paid three, paid for three weddings, 22, 15, and 26. Yeah. Woo! Is, so what was the difference with the $15,000 wedding? That's my question. Was it just budget-friendly, or was that... Was, was that, that your that, son yeah. and the 20K were your daughters? Yeah. Like, well, that, now, I need yeah, to, what now, now I need to know. What do we got? Drew's one-minute finance says, I'd rather go cheap on a wedding with a mid-reception uh, mid and have an expensive honeymoon. Absolutely. Totally. Totally. Absolutely. Uh, San Diego State Aztec says, Prop 27, however they are spinning it as money to the homeless, etc. Is and I think I, I saw you up. that it's yeah, a gambling it's, thing, right? It, Prop twenty seven allows online and mobile sports wagering outside tribal lands. Um, Is that for California? Yeah, for California, apparently. And the state law currently bans sports betting in California. However, state law 
allows some gambling, such as tribal gambling, the state lottery, card. Very much like Arizona. Racing. Yeah. Very so much like of, Arizona. You have to be on tribal land to to gamble. Is is have we gotten past sports betting being a taboo thing? Yeah. I think we have. And I know here in Utah that you can't bet on sports. You can do daily fantasy like DraftKings or whatever, but you know, we've talked to several of the larger um, sports betting franchises about mm -hmm. sponsoring our show. Right. And I don't know. It just it isn't a fit for us because you can't bet sports legally in, in Utah. And we're not really looking for big box national brands. No. And, and so I, 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 a lot of people have asked us about that, and I just don't know the – I don't know. I'm not a big sports better. I mean, mm -hmm. we talk about lines because a lot of our listeners ask us you know, hey, would you guys bet this? Would you do that? Like, so we talk a lot of sports betting on the show that way. But I, I don't know. I think sports betting is something that has to be leveraged to benefit the masses. Yeah. And I think you've seen where it's been deployed in, it, it, you know, in large mass. It's done well. Yeah. It's done well. I, I don't think it's any different than legalizing marijuana. I mean, there's always going to be abuse of it. Um. But I, I think you you have to treat it the way you treat smoking. Like, why smoking is legal and alcohol is limited, I'll, I have no idea. Why, you know, why gambling's illegal but smoking's legal and liquor's legal mm -hmm. and weed's legal. Like, we just have these preconceptions about what things are. Yeah. That's the thing that, you know. Um, do you guys use credit cards? Uh, I do. For what? So... The credit card versus debit card is a is a wealth hack. Oh yeah, I mm -hmm. never use my debit card. Yeah. I cannot think, man. Mrs. Monty probably knows this. I don't. I can't think of the last time I used my debit card. Yeah, I I don't even know. I don't have my wallet with me, but I don't even know if I have my debit card in my wallet. I don't think I carry it. Yeah. Um. I only I'm an Amex customer, so I only use my Delta Amex card. Um. And I have an Amex Platinum that I use for business, but that's it. Mm -hmm. Like I don't. I would recommend you never, ever use your debit card. There's just no reason. It costs you money. You lose money every time you use a debit card instead of a credit card. That's my... And it's riskier, obviously. That's my philosophy. Uh, let's see. Uh, Molly Kinney Kinney says, been a listener since BYU announced joining the Big 12. Great show. Appreciate you. Thank you very much yeah, for that. I appreciate that. Russ Official says uh, they need to build a massive resort casino in Wendover. Wendover, I love Wendover. We used to go, but it's just so... Played. Sketch. Like, it's uncomfortable for me. I'm not... I don't feel... I'd rather drive to Vegas or fly to Vegas than drive the 90 minutes to Wendover. And yeah. I... I, I with all, again, with all due respect to my friends in Wendover, um, I, because I know a lot of people that work in the resorts out there, I just... It's not... I would agree, Ruffs. It needs kind of a makeover. Yeah. It needs a, a, a modernization. It, it, it really does. Uh, let's see. Uh, Tanner says, I've missed it. Are you guys still in Hawaii? Yes, we're still in Hawaii, Tanner. Does this look like our set, Tanner? Like, you know. Tanner, Tanner DM'd me earlier. And he's like, are you guys going to be doing the show now at 10 o'clock every day? Bro. Bro. We're on vacation. Tanner's been salty lately. Yeah, and I don't. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't really. I don't really. I don't understand yeah. it, Tanner. Like Tanner's been trying to. Tanner's been stir the drink guy lately. Yeah, he's been coming at me on Twitter, and like I, I, I don't understand the the level of saltiness. I really don't. Uh, all right, a couple more, and then we got to get out of here. Um, 
Let's see. Brent Burnett says, forget the time shared and do resorts unlimited and get the better deals. Yeah, that's absolutely one for sure. Uh, Provo Cougar fan says, what are the two most useless people at a wedding? The groom and, the L- and in LDS weddings, the father of the bride. Just give the mother of the bride your credit card and be quiet. Seriously. Facts. That's not LDS. Facts, that's just bro. life. Facts. That w- 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 there's no doubt. calibrated recipe for maximum personal achievement. Weddings are for women. There is no doubt about that. This this wedding we were at now, the groom was the groom. It was not about the groom. It was about the bride. Mm-hmm. Like it, I, that's I just perfectly fine. Yeah, it's I don't have good. a problem it, with it, that. It ain't no problem. Happy wife, happy life. Right. You know, I mean, it, right. it, it is what it is, man. But I, yeah, I think the cost of weddings are incredibly expensive. Um, you know, I just, yeah, it is what it is. Greg Hawkins says, next time I visit my uh, birth dad in Northbrook, I'll send you a message, Monty. Oh, you should. Absolutely, you should, Greg. That's interesting. Um, let's see. Tanner says, sorry, guys. I've been trolling mood lately. I'll try to tone it down. But you've been saying things that just... No, it doesn't matter. Doesn't doesn't matter. Uh, let's see. The big Mugambo. Problem with Vegas is it's hard to find single-deck blackjack. Yes, it is. It's almost non-existent. Mm-hmm. It's almost non-existent. All right. Um, yeah, I guess that's it. That's three hours in the books. No internet problems, nothing. Yeah. Three hours in the books. Thanks to all of our sponsors on the show, you guys. Please support our sponsors. They make the world go round. Tridaytrading.com slash Monty. M-O-N-T-Y Monty. Tridaytrading.com slash Monty. UtahAdvocates.com. Barbecue Pit Stop. Devery Davis. All of our sponsors. Papa Murphy's Pizza. Use the promo code Monty25. Hook it up. Tell them you heard it on the Monty Show. Until tomorrow, Jake. What are we going to have you say? Uh, Say aloha, mahalo, brother. Aloha, mahalo, brother.